This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. A grand jury votes to indict Daniel Penny, the man accused of choking Jordan nearly to death in the subway. The indictment comes more than a month after Penny was charged with second-degree manslaughter. A grand jury has voted to indict the Marine veteran in his death. A lay person like my client, like you, like me, can make observations of the characteristics of somebody who appears to be under the influence of drugs or intoxicated. My client, uh, you know, has been very adamant that this guy seemed like he was, you know, in a, in a high manic state. Attorney General Merrick Garland is delivering remarks. Hear his response to the indictment of former President Donald Trump. Mr. Smith is a veteran career prosecutor. He has assembled a group of experienced and talented prosecutors and agents who share his commitment to integrity and the rule of law. Any questions about this matter will have to be answered by their filings in court. If tomorrow all the things were gone, I'd work for all my life, and I had to start again with just my children and my wife. I thank my lucky stars to be living here today, cause the flag still stands for freedom, and they can't take that away. Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land God bless the USA From the lakes of Minnesota To the hills of Tennessee Across the plains of Texas From sea to shining sea From Detroit down to Houston And New York to L.A. Well, it's pride in every American heart And it's time we stand and say That I'm proud to be an American Where at least I know I'm free
And it is Lee Greenwood Day on Sitting Friends in the Morning. Great way to start your gorgeous Thursday morning in the world's greatest city. I know that's up for debate right now, especially after the Daniel Penny indictment yesterday. New York, the world's greatest city. It is Lee Greenwood Day on this gorgeous Thursday because coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, the man that penned that song and sang that song, Lee Greenwood, live in studio He's going to tell us where he was when he wrote it, what motivated him to write it, and then he's going to sing it live right here on the 17th ranked, according to Talkers Magazine, out of the thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of radio shows across this great country, the 17th ranked and the only in the top 20 not simulcasted sitting friends in the morning. Good way to start today's program. Lewis, good morning. How are you, buddy? I'm great. Proud to be uh, a Russian. You're Russian, too? Yeah. I thought you were just Italian and Irish. Nope, I'm neither of those things. According to <laughs> yeah. you, I'm not, so I've been lying all this time. You I'm hate so that song. I, why, no. why do you hate that song? I don't. It's moving. No, you hate it. It moves you, me. Remember when Ryan Seacrest sat back and folded his arms and uh, rolled his eyes what, when Kelly Ripper held up my book? book? Yeah. Yeah. That's what you just did when we started playing that song. I um, recuse myself from that. I, <laughs> yeah. I absolutely did not. You do don't that. really hate the song. You just, it's too much. They play it too much. The, probably a more accurate yeah. statement. Kind of like uh, Stairway to Heaven. It's a great song by Led Zeppelin, but everybody hates it now. Freebird, everybody hates it now. Well, hey, Jude. Especially since it was stolen from another band. So, What song was that? Stairway to Heaven. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. It was, yeah. Well, I know they, I know they, they tried that, but didn't uh, they win that case? Yeah. Well, Led Zeppelin and Jimmy Page have a lot of money. I don't think an estate where none of the band members are alive anymore yeah. are going to beat them. Well, what was the other uh, song they they said it was stolen from? It was Spirit was the band. Spirit. Yes, they sang a song called "I Got a <clears throat> I Got a Line on You." That was yeah. their hit. Yeah. But the bands toured together in the seventies or late 60s, and what they uh, surmise that the riff from Stairway to Heaven came from one of Spirit's songs. Well, what do you think? Were, it sounds pretty much exactly like it. Oh, boy. So, Jeez. But that's that's up for debate, of course. <laughs> yeah, right. But I still love Stairway to Heaven. And, so uh, do I. I'm glad Zeppelin won. Ed Sheeran <laughs> just won a big case like that, yeah, that a couple was, of weeks ago. Yes. Here in New York, we got a big win in New York at least once. But these... Um, Playing that song, Lee Greenwood, proud to be an American. The last couple of days, it has been very, very tough. Last couple of weeks, starting with my guy, President Trump, celebrated his 77th birthday yesterday. Now, 
two indictments, two bull shizzle indictments. Now, the second one, which according to John Kelly, Trump is scared blankless. The second one, they've got him, it looks like. But, as we spoke about with Joe Tacopina yesterday, they got him, but if they wanted Joe Biden, they can get him too. If they wanted Barack Obama, odds are they can get him too. So, yeah, they got Trump, but when you wake up every day, every day, whether you're a local DA, a local AG, Merrick Garland, or in this case, the president, wake up every day looking for something, you're going to find something. And the only time I'll be critical of my friend Trump is he does make it easy because he's got a big mouth. It's partly why we love him, but he's got a big mouth. So he makes it easy. So they got him. But the truth is these two indictments for President Trump, disgraceful. And the indictment yesterday of Daniel Penny, even worse. Now, Alan Dershowitz has said on this program more than once in his 60 years Distinguishing himself as one of the great constitutional lawyers ever, he's never seen a weaker case than Bragg versus Trump, ever. Now, somebody died here, so you can't say it's the weakest case you've ever seen, but it's got to be right up there, right up there. Yesterday, the grand jury indicted Daniel Penny, negligent homicide, the big charge, of course, Manslaughter 2 faces 15 years in prison if, in fact, he's found guilty of these charges, which he won't be, because I do expect that even in New York, a jury trial will realize that Daniel Penny is a hero, not a criminal. So he gets indicted yesterday, and I get a text from my friend Taylor Walters, She's a producer at Fox News. I've got uh, two producer friends. Whitney, Whitney is the producer for Jesse Waters. Taylor is the producer for Brian Kilmeade. Now, you know, Brian, of course, he'll be on this show tomorrow, but he does his own radio show. He's on After Me, 10 o'clock every day. He's on Fox and Friends right now as we speak on Fox News, and he hosts his own show on Saturday nights, One Nation. Well, this week, Brian is also hosting... Tucker Carlson's old spot, I think it's called Fox News Tonight, the 8 o'clock show, the big show. So they reached out to me yesterday, and they said, look, they just indicted Penny. We know that you just had Penny's attorney, Tom Kniff, on the show. We know you're friendly with Kniff. Can we get you on? And I said, well, I don't think so, because this is yesterday late afternoon, I moved back home, and I'm talking to you right now from my beautiful living room by the beach in Bell Harbor, Rockaway Beach. I am not in an apartment in Manhattan. I am nowhere near 48th and 6th, and I have no intention of driving anywhere near the city. So maybe it's not going to work. She said, well, we need to have you, so let's figure this out. She goes, you know, we got the truck. So you may not know this, but they've got a truck at Fox News that drives around, big white truck, big white van, and they've got a TV studio inside the van. So a couple of months ago, Jesse Waters wanted me on. He said, well, bring the truck right to your house, the apartment, excuse me. And it didn't work out. So I've never seen this van. She goes, here's the deal. 
We're going to send the van. They're going to park right outside your house. You're going to walk outside, do the hit with Kilmeade at 8, 10 tonight, and we're all done. I said, wow, that's great. So I go to Danielle. I go, we got to go. 6.30, got to have dinner, got to be home, 8 o'clock, be ready. So we go to Lou's favorite place, Pico, get some Mexican food. Andre, Next thing you know, it's a quarter to 8, and uh, my stomach is screaming like a Japanese bullet train after uh, some guacamole and... And uh, some tacos and an enchilada. So I can't get off the toilet. But the good news is the van is late. So she goes, here's the deal. We're going to FaceTime. I said, Taylor, I can't do a TV show. There's no makeup. I had no makeup on last night. None. And I still looked gorgeous. No makeup. Now they want to FaceTime. Stand outside your house. I go, are you nuts? But I did it. So now I get off the toilet, I get showered, I get dressed, and I'm standing outside my house on a FaceTime call waiting for Kilmeade when the van pulls up. And sure enough, the guy's a sweet guy, I don't know his name, lets me inside the van, mics me up, and here I go. Now the problem is there are two screens inside the van. One of the screens I see myself sitting in front of a New York City backdrop that looked great. Oh, that's, now it's problematic. Now I know what the problem's going to be. The second screen that's above easy. it has nothing on it. So the interview starts, and I'm looking at myself. No. Yes. Really? <laughs> yeah. And then about a minute in, the lady back in the Fox News studios is like, look up, look up, look up. And about the time she says that, I get a text from Dr. Mark Siegel, and I quote, is there something wrong with your eyes? <laughs> you can't make this up. So then I look up, and then I look terrific. And it was a good interview. But for the first minute, I was looking at the wrong screen, and no one said anything until Dr. Mark Siegel texted me, and the producer started freaking out. Are you on the air live at this point? Yes. So you get a text while you're on the while air. While I'm on the air from Dr. Mark Siegel, is there something wrong with your eyes? And the girl starts yelling in my ear from back in the Fox studios, look up. Well, no one told me before. Look Wait, at the second screen. Maybe they should have told you in the right. truck. Of course. This is, this is where you look. I'm not a novice. I know what I'm doing. Yeah, but once you see you, yes. that's that's what you're going to look at. I couldn't at. take my eyes off myself. Oh, of yeah. Well, you are I gorgeous. Look right. You're gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. Really. You're, but it turned on. out to be a great segment. And, uh, of course, I defended Thomas Kniff, Daniel Penny's attorney. I said more than once, Daniel Penny is a hero, not a criminal. Don't forget, we had Thomas Knipp on this show two days ago. He may hop back on at 8 o'clock this morning, uh, right before Lee Greenwood, just for a couple of minutes to give us the latest, because we spoke to him before the indictment, even though we knew the indictment was coming. But let me get some of this. This is uh, Tom Kniff, the attorney, him and Steve Razor, for Daniel Penny on uh, on this show just two days ago. And here he's talking about the fact that Neely looked intoxicated, and I said to Brian Kilmeade last night, I said, still no toxicology report, none. We know that George Floyd, that lowlife, didn't deserve to be murdered, but he was a lowlife. He was all hopped up on fentanyl and heroin, all kinds of stuff. And everybody who saw Jordan Neely that day on the train thought he was on drugs. And the rumor is, alleged, that he's been smoking K2 for a while. And that's what Daniel Penny saw. Here's his attorney, Tom Kniff, on that allegation, cut number 15. A lay person. 
person, like my client, like you, like me, can make observations of the characteristics of somebody who appears to be under the influence of drugs or intoxicated. My client, uh, you know, has been very adamant that this guy seemed like he was, you know, in a, in a high manic state. High manic state. So then we, you know, we finished the discussion and we talked about, you know, the likelihood of him being guilty. Once again, Penny's attorney, Tom Knipp and Steve Razor, are absolutely 1,000% confident that the jury will see right and he will be completely exonerated. But I did bring up the reaction of the mayor because you remember when this first happened, the governor, Kathy Hochul, that which she wanted Penny to get the electric chair day one with very little facts, day one. Al Sharpton, that racist lowlife, same thing. Who was the only person public official that stood up and said the right thing, the mayor, Eric Adams. That's the good news. If you're friends with the mayor, here comes the bad news. He's gone back on that about ten times. And even his quote yesterday, which reads, I appreciate D.A. Bragg. That's right. Fat, stupid, corrupt D.A. Bragg. Eric Adams goes, I appreciate D.A. Bragg conducting a thorough investigation into the death of Jordan Neely. Shameful, Mr. Mayor. You should be ashamed of yourself. Quote, like I said, when the D.A. first brought charges, I have the utmost faith in the judicial process. And now that the grand jury has indicted Daniel Penny, a trial and justice can move forward. So I asked... Penny's attorney, Thomas Knipp, on this show again two days ago, was he disappointed in how the mayor has pretty much had an about face? And the answer was yes. Were you disappointed in how the mayor went from really being sharp on this to one of them? Yeah, you know, I was. And look, and there's a lot, you know, a lot I like about Mayor Adams. I mean, look, Curtis was my guy. There's no question about that. I thought he would have been the, the best choice. But, you know, sometimes in a city like New York that's so heavily Democratic, you got to take, you know, the le- you know, the best bad decision you can get. Right. right? right. Um, and, and, you know, Adams, uh, compared to the Democratic field, was you know certainly the more moderate, the one that was more willing to take a, you know, somewhat of a reasonable law and order stance. So I was impressed with his early comments, particularly when he came back and shot down this ludicrous 15 minute timeline that was just, you know, just made up. Someone put it out there and the media ran with it. Um, you know, and, and the equanimity in some of his early co- comments. But look, at the end of the day, these guys are elected elected officials, right? And, and they have a, they have a base, and that base needs to be satiated. So, you know, he's proven himself willing to go against the grain up to a point, right? But then know, he caves. Not, not 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 as far as, <laughs> as he probably should or should have in this case. Well, there he is, Daniel Penny's attorney, Tom Kniff, on this program just a couple of days ago. He'll be everywhere once again. Shameful disgraceful they've indicted we knew it it's still bad daniel penny so now you've got donald trump two ridiculous indictments a marine hero daniel penny a disgraceful indictment and here we are as a country today not good coming up on today's big time thursday program oh baby stevie nicks frank morano curtis sliwa Andrew Napolitano, Lee Greenwood live in studio singing his hit song. Maybe Thomas Kniff, Noam Layden, Bo Dito live in studio, and the great judge, Janine Pirro. Folks, you've made us number one, number 17 in the world. Proud of that. 
Thank you so much for listening this morning and every day. And get ready to fasten your seatbelts and have a big-time Thursday show with your favorite talk show host in New York City. That's me, Sid Rosenberg, exclusively right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Come on! Friends in the morning. Seventy-seven WABC. I keep remembering what Mom told me: inspect what you expect, or is all suspect. You know, we uh, played that yesterday, and I still have no idea what the hell the mayor is talking about. No idea. He brought that up when somebody said, hey, why did uh, Commissioner Sewell quit? What did you do to her? <laughs> and then he said that. Um, well, I don't know what it means, but there's a lot of good words. Like, they seem to rhyme, I guess. I don't know. I keep remembering what mom told me. Mom, yeah. Curtis expect actually made a... Uh... what you expect or is all yeah, suspect. Yeah. <laughs> Curtis made a good point yesterday. He ends that quote by saying, trust, yes, he does verify, yeah. which he then attributes as a, a quote from his mother. Mm-hmm. But uh, his mother didn't say that. No. Uh, Ronald Reagan said that. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell me that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, my yeah. God. So, you must so. verify if you want to rectify <laughs> before yeah. you politicize. You know, I can't, even, I can't even give my mother's quotes on the air. I can't even, I can't even say them. Every one of them has an F word in it. Every one. Right, and when Naomi she's, Rosenberg, if you epping, and when she's not <laughs> cursing, when she's not cursing, she's uh, calling for the assassination of the president. Right, oh, if, right. If, if you had a gun and one of these people showed up, you, what, what did you say, Mom? What would happen? I blow him right away. <laughs> okay. Sidney Ferris, I'm telling you, I would not even think I would stop for a moment. Not a moment. I blow him right away. Yeah, so if you're a migrant, you don't want to go to White Lake Homes <laughs> <laughs> because Naomi's out there like Michael Douglas. <laughs> Standing next to the sign. Ready to go. Welcome to White Lake. And he's holding his shotgun. Clint Eastwood in Gran Torino. (laughs) (laughs) So Frank Morano is going to join me at 640 talk about this uh, Talkers Magazine list. He's on it. Congratulations to Frank. He went from number 94. Folks, this is in America. This is a whole country. And it includes syndicated shows, Sirius XM. So to be in the top 100, there are literally hundreds of thousands of shows is a huge, huge accomplishment. And Frank went from 94 two years ago to 76 last year to 65 this year. I went from number 29 with Bernie last year, God rest his soul, to number 17 this year. Once again, the only show not simulcast, not syndicated, excuse me, not simulcast, not syndicated, 
The only show not syndicated in the top 20. Also not on FM radio. So Brian Kilmeade, who's number three on this list because he's on 6,000 stations thanks to Fox News, he was on with um, Murano last night. And Murano brought up the fact that Kilmeade had me on his TV show last night, that old Tucker Carlson spot. I was on 815 on Fox News last night, and Murano brought it up to Brian Kilmeade, and it sounded something like this. I was very glad to see... Uh, someone whose ego really needs a boost, uh, come on with you on Fox News yesterday, and that's Sid Rosenberg. Sometimes I get worried that Sid gets down on himself and uh, thinks that he doesn't really have what it takes to make it in this business. And I could tell you invited him on to give him the ego boost that he so desperately needs. So thank you for that on behalf of all of Sid's right. friends. Well, the thing is, you know, we all, you guys have a health care plan. <laughs> and you have a certain amount for WABC has a certain amount for therapy. Now, Sid's using all of it, right? Uh, all the money uh, for the entire organization. But if I could get him on, raise his self-esteem on television, that's a little bit more money for some of your staff who clearly is unbalanced to be full-time with you, Frank, <laughs> uh, to use some of that therapy money to make themselves emotionally whole. So that's uh, Kilmeade and uh, Morano, who seem to have fun at my expense all the time. I love that. Great job by both of those guys. You know, talking about uh, the Daniel Penny case, which did get me on Fox News last night, Joe Borelli, one of Curtis's favorite people. Curtis set to join me at 7.05. Joe Borelli, councilman, Staten Island. I think he's like the, the majority guy, the majority leader. I don't know. So he's on Fox News yesterday. And he's talking about the Daniel Penny case. And what does this son of a bitch do? And I like Joe. I like Joe a lot. He comments about a radio interview he heard with Penny's attorney on. And you just heard me play the clips. I was the only show that Kenneth did. He comments on a radio show where he heard the attorney, but he never mentions me. No, he doesn't do it. What, uh, what cut is this? Is this number 17 or 18? Uh, 18. Yeah. Play uh, Joe Borelli, cut number 18, talking about no toxicology report. I heard this on a radio show, but he does not include Sid Rosenberg. I heard from uh, his attorney on a radio network. Stop it right there. What do you mean radio network, you doofus? Yes. I guess we are the Red Apple Media Network, but you heard on a radio show, well, yeah. this show, yeah, yeah, the sure. one you listen to every morning. You don't listen to Joe Piscopo, <laughs> even though you're on his show every week. Joe Piscopo, by the way, number 73 on the same list. I'm number 17, 73. So at least give me the credit, Pirelli. Get finished the other uh, quote, number 18. I heard from uh, his attorney on a radio network earlier today saying that they haven't even received the Daniel Penny's attorney meeting. They haven't received toxicology report. Uh, and I would uh, that would lead me to believe that Alan Bragg doesn't want to bring perhaps that information to the grand jury, because I suspect it probably would uh, help exonerate to some degree uh, what Mr. Penny is, is accused of doing. But my favorite audio of the day yesterday is uh, Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Those two guys actually finished ahead of me. They're like number 12 or 13, but they're also syndicated. And uh, they had Mike Pence on. And Mike Pence has been a backstabber. He has. He's been a traitor of all the people that were dying, and I mean dying, and are again, trust me, to be Donald Trump's running mate. He gives this goober out of Indiana 
the opportunity to be the VP. Mike Pence takes it. Then when it's all over, he stabs Trump in the back, talking about January 6th. He sounds like an idiot. Oh, my life was in danger. No, it wasn't. And so Clay Travis goes, wait a second. It sounds to me like you want Trump in jail. It's a good back and forth. I give Clay Travis a lot of credit. We've got uh, two cuts. This is number six, Mike Pence, and the former sports guy, like me, turned political guy, Clay Travis, cut number six. Would you pardon him from those federal charges? Well, first off, I'd, uh, these are serious charges. Shut up. And as I said, I can't defend what's been alleged, but Why the not? president does deserve to make his defense. And I would say to each one of you, look, I've, I've been a former governor. Um, uh, I've actually granted pardons uh, to people. Um, and I take the pardon authority very seriously. It's an enormously important power of someone in an executive position. And um, uh, I, I just think it's premature to have any conversation about that right now, guys. I really Why would you? But hold on. Let me just ask you that because, I, I, look, yeah, I think as a matter right. of principle, I think as a matter of principle, if you believe, as as both Buck and I do, that Donald Trump is being prosecuted to a large extent for political-based reasons, something that has never happened in the 240-plus-year history of the United States, that we are setting an awful precedent here. And I think it's important to look at this even before the case has taken place. You've read the indictment. You know what the allegations are. They are serious. But to me, what is gained by allowing Donald Trump to be put in prison in the event he was he was convicted is we lose infinitely more by not just taking a principled stand and saying as a matter of principle this shouldn't happen I'm not going to allow it to me if you're the executive you are the ultimate decider with all due respect when you aren't telling God, us shut what up your God Clay talks way be. too much uh but then that's the beginning which you pardon him well Mike Pence these are serious charges and I don't uh, you know I don't condone and then. Oh, then it gets heated and sexy. Mike Pence and Clay Travis Lewis, cut number seven. Well, look, (laughs) number one, I don't think you know what the president's defense is, do you? I mean, what are the facts? I mean, look, we either believe in our judicial process in this country or we don't. We either stand by the rule of law, we don't. I just uh, what I would tell you is, I think, as someone who but has what, what I'm hearing is, you're fine with Donald Trump being put think, in prison, sir. And that, to me, well, look, since you were his probably, vice president, guys, feels guys, pretty disrespectful. Look, I, I had a standard rule. I don't talk about hypotheticals. Look, we don't know what the president's defense here is. I think he's entitled to make his defense, entitled to have his day in court. And uh, look, let's you know, let's take it one step at a time. But I, I would just tell you that I. I uh, yeah, but if you, you know that these are political charges me, and you do, you, this is not a this is not a difficult decision. Clay, I think to we've make I think we've principle. gotten I think we've yeah. gotten what we're going to get here in terms of an answer to this one. Um, yeah, I, I just think you, any I think any conclusion by anyone running for the presidency of the United States that would prejudge the facts in this case or prejudge the investigation into President Biden or his family is premature. Oh my God. Let's, let, let's let the process play out. Let's follow the facts, and I promise you, as president of the United States, I'll do just that. Well, you're not going to get there. You know, I met Mike Pence at the studios, thanks to John Katzmatidis, about two months ago. Nice man. Bright man. Religious man. Very nice. But what a backstabbing, double-talking douchebag. My God. Turned his back on President Trump. 
and is okay. Let's see the facts. Don't prejudge. Don't rush to judgment for the Bidens. Who is going to vote for this guy? Who? Who? Plus, he's so pro-life, there's not a woman out there who wants to hear from this guy. So you know what? Nice man, go back to Indiana, go to church every day, hang out with your guy, Jesus. I love all of it. It's great. But do us all a favor and go away. Mike Pence, just go away. Traffic. Thank you, President Trump. Traffic with Joe Nolan and Frank Morano coming up next. Right now it's time for the 77 WABC minicast clip of the day. Everything you need to know in under 10 New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and get the max out of mini. Listen anytime on the 77 WABC app. Today's minicast is Lou Rapino's favorite, the great Dominic Carter. I would agree. <laughs> In some terms, however, I'm looking at the facts. Here's the real Dominic Carter talking about President Trump. Mr. Trump received a hero's welcome Tuesday night as he returned to his New Jersey golf club after pleading not guilty in Miami federal court to more than three dozen counts related to his alleged emphasis on alleged mishandling of classified documents after leaving office in 2021. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best built boilers. The Mets got their revenge on the Yankees last night in the finale of the season's first leg of the Subway Series, stealing a 4-3 win in 10 innings from the Yanks to secure just their second win in their last 11 contests. The matchup of Garrett Cole versus Justin Berlander did not disappoint with the pair combining to allow just two runs and 12 innings pitched with 14 strikeouts and zero walks. Once the game was in the hands of the bullpens, though. This game was completely up for grabs until Brandon Nimmo stepped up in the bottom of the 10th and sent a walk-off RBI double into right field. As the dust settles from an exciting couple of days at City Field, the Mets sit at 32-36 and 36 overall and 10 games back of first place in the NL East, while the Yankees are at 39-30, and 30, which is good for third place in the AL East, and nine back of the first-place Tampa Rays. Both the teams get treated with an off day today before the Mets welcome in the Cardinals and the Yankees head out to Beantown to take on the Red Sox over the weekend. The Oakland Athletics cleared a major hurdle for their planned relocation to Las Vegas after a final approval was given yesterday to public funding for a portion of a proposed $1.5 billion stadium with a, mind you, retractable roof. I can't believe it. Both Oakland teams, the Raiders and the A's, now in Vegas. My little boy, the Oakland A's, Reggie Jackson, Vita Blue, Catfish Hunter, mm-hmm. Gene Tennis, Sal Bando, Burke Campanaris. Those are the best teams in baseball. Did you get a gander? At, did you get a gander at the uh, A's fans selling out I the did. Coliseum? Yes. The reverse boycott is yeah. what they were calling it, yeah. with the uh, chance all throughout the game of sell the team. I sell know, Reggie team. Jackson is very upset. Very yeah. upset. Well, everybody yeah. should be very upset. <laughs> Oakland's a great, <laughs> yeah. Oakland's a great city, but you know what I say? They got enough teams in California, so. Why do you need one more? Okay. What a disgrace. What a disgrace.
Another weekend of major championship golf to look forward to as well. 2023 U.S. Open set to get under underway today at Los Angeles Country Club. Tea times begin later on this morning at 9.45 a.m. Here are sports sponsored by P. Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best-built boilers. And I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Goodbye. All right. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Beautiful. Somewhere my dear friend Bobby Hartman, who sings in a Zeppelin cover band, he runs Mainstream House out in uh, Riverhead. Somewhere he's smiling. Big Zeppelin fan at 6.50 on your Thursday morning. So again, Inside Baseball, Talkers Magazine, it's the industry standard. Everybody in this radio business reads it. You know, they had that big uh, conference a couple of weeks ago and... John Katsimatidis, my man, and Chad Lopez, and Brian Kilmeade, and Matt Meany were all out there, and they got all the big guns. Sean Hannity shows up, Bill O'Reilly shows up, FAN guys show up. It's a big deal. Well, every year they come out with two different lists, and they call them the Heavy 100. One is the Heavy 100 sports list. For example, my good buddy Craig Carton, he's usually one or two every year. And then they've got the Heavy 100 talkers list, where Sean Hannity is usually number one, and he's number one again this year. Why is that? Well, he's on over 200 stations. He's syndicated. Basically, everybody in the top 25 on this list is syndicated. Everybody except for one. Me. One show, AM radio, New York City, number 17. All the guys ahead of me, Hannity, Ramsey, Kilmeade, Levin, Dana Lesh, Glenn Beck, Ben Shapiro, even Dan Bongino. All these guys are on hundreds of stations across America. Me, I beat Howard Stern yesterday. Howard was number 23. Some other notables I defeated along the way. Bill O'Reilly, 36. Mark Simone, 38. How about a great job out of Katz and Cosby? Great job. Number 41. You have uh, my competition, Lennon Mike, your favorite show, Gnome. Number 49, they finished 32 spots behind me. Joe Piscopo, number 73. But my next guest, the great host of The Other Side of Midnight, continues to move up the list every year. Once again, two years ago, 94. Last year, 76. And this year, 65. My dear friend Frank Morano, a couple of minutes. Frank, congratulations. Good morning, buddy. Thank you, uh, Sid. I appreciate that, or as we call you in the Heavy 100 community, number uh, 17. We all have to refer (laughs) to one another as our numbers right now. Right. You're number 65. You know, it's funny because people don't read this magazine. They're in their cars going, what are these guys talking about? But I did have a conversation with Corton 
at about 4.30 this morning. And, again, he's number one and number two every year in the sports deal. And for us who work in this business, it's a big deal. You know, it's a big deal. Uh, for example, Curtis Sliwa, who does a oh, great yeah, job. He, 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 he wasn't on the list. Well. He wasn't even on the list. Wow. Well, you're kidding. Curtis didn't make the list. Wow. Now the list has some accuracy <laughs> to it. What? You can't take a shot at Curtis Sliwa. He's a legend, No. He is indeed, but uh, not legendarily enough to make the heavy hundred, that's for sure. He's coming up next. He's furious. No, but in all seriousness, it goes to show you how stiff the competition is for the heavy hundred. There's a lot of great talk show hosts that didn't even make the list. Uh, people like, I don't even think John Batchelor made the list. No. A lot of our colleagues at WABC didn't make the list. The point is that uh, exactly what you were saying. You're competing with literally everybody that speaks into a microphone. It's not uh, thousands or tens of thousands. It is hundreds of thousands of potential people that, um, and this is the heavy hundred, the most influential talk show host in America. And the fact that you're the only non-syndicated show in the top 20, it's a tremendous accomplishment. Oh, thank you. Seriously. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, all these guys are on Premier or Salem or Westwood One or Compass, guys like Howard Stern on Sirius XM. And we've got WABC. And uh, like you, you've been moving up 18 notches, 11 notches. Last year, me and Bernie, number 29. This year, Sid and Friends in the Morning, Number 17. So congratulations. It's a big deal. Well-deserved. And I'm happy you keep moving up and keep coming on this show. Next year, you'll be number 45. Yes, thank you, man. <laughs> Next time, maybe I will get introduced with a song that was not stolen from another band, which would be a nice change. Yeah, you, uh, I, mean, I guess you heard the conversation between me and Lou at the very start of the show, and Lou brought that up. Now, my friend Bobby Hartman says, no, not you, but he's a Led Zeppelin guy. No, well, yeah, Led what Zeppelin did win that. Well, they did win that copyright case. Look, there is some uh, similarity, but it's just escalating chords. I mean, yeah. he, they found when in that copyright case from a few years ago that that kind of pattern of music's been around for for centuries, literally. Now, why did your friend Joe Borelli leave my name out? He's on Fox <laughs> News. He goes, you know, I heard Penny's attorney. You heard it here. And uh, Knip may join me again today. Why did he leave out my name and refer to this as some, quote, radio network? Why did he do that? You know, I, I don't know. Uh, maybe it was because uh, Thomas Kniff was on Cats and Cosby as well, and he made that same point. He didn't want to give credit to one show and not the other. He I, listens I to say. me every morning. He doesn't necessarily listen at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. You know that. I, I, I don't know. Maybe he's uh, a little irked at you for having his, his rival Curtis on on oh, a daily no. basis. Oh, he can't, he can't hold that against me. I like both guys. Well, look, uh, and maybe uh, I, I, I really can't say I love them both as yeah. well. And, um, you know, he's doing a great job as the minority leader. Are you sure. going later on tonight to our mutual friend Craig Eaton's apartment in Brooklyn to hang out with the Brooklyn D.A. Eric Gonzalez? Uh, you know, I have a long-standing tradition of uh, anybody that can indict me, I will happily try to make a, a campaign contribution yeah. to. But uh -huh. yeah. unfortunately, I will be at my friend JFK's wedding rehearsal today. I am marrying them this weekend. So uh, the re wedding rehearsal, the rehearsal dinner is tonight. JFK? 
Yeah, well, we call him, you know, all of his friends, his names, his initials are JFK, Jason Frank Konigsberg, ah, a great guy. Yeah. He's a film critic at uh, panandslam.com, and uh, I'm marrying them this weekend, so nice. I have to think of something clever to say, and I have to go to the rehearsal dinner to sort of eavesdrop on what all the couple's friends say about one another, it's because I've done no preparation for these <laughs> vows at all, Yeah. so I have to use tonight to sort of do some cramming. You know, talking fun. about marrying people, uh, we're going to do a huge show. The day after my 31st wedding anniversary, Monday, June 26th. It's the biggest NFL celebrity golf tournament of the year, thanks to my wow. dear friend Richard Salgado, a.k.a. Big Daddy. Big Daddy yes. yes. And it's going to be a huge event. Um, people like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Daniel Jones, Eli Manning, all potential guests on Monday, June 26th on this radio show. And we're doing it from a place called the Ohika Castle. Ooh. And uh, you it- told me that talking about marrying people, that uh, your friend, Anthony Weiner, actually married Huma Aberdeen at that castle, and you told me that Bill Clinton actually married them? Uh, that's right. Uh, that is absolutely correct. I wasn't at the wedding, but I know a lot of folks that were, and Bill Clinton performed the ceremony. I'm not sure what authorization a former president has to perform a uh, a wedding ceremony, but fi- strict adherence to the law never was Bill Clinton's strong suit anyway, which is why he was disbarred for a time. But uh, it's an incredible property. I know you know a lot about Ohika Castle, but uh, what Gary Milius, the owner, has done in transforming that place is remarkable. I mean, uh, if people have seen the film Citizen Kane, which is one of my favorite films, that is the Charles Foster Kane, uh, uh, you know, a mansion in that wow. in that film, yeah. Xanadu. Yeah, it's it's Ohiga Castle. That's where it's filmed, <laughs> and um, <laughs> it's really remarkable. Uh, your Hopefully, friend... you get the Anthony Weiner seat suite for your, your anniversary. <laughs> anniversary the day before. Uh, no thanks. Uh, your friend Joe Borelli just stepped up in a big, big way. I just received a text literally thirty seconds ago from Borelli. And he said, and I quote, unlike the starboard buoy, your criticism of me is fair and accurate. Well, how about that? You know, you got to say this about Joe Borelli, and uh, maybe it's because he's looking for another job because he's term limited in two years. <laughs> he is a guy that doesn't hesitate to own up to his errors. I got to give him that. Give him yes, that. that was Absolutely. very, very cool. Thank you, Joe. Absolutely. I, I told you he was listening to me, and uh, but he stepped up. Joe Borelli, excellent job. Now, talking about Borelli, he, of course, uh, council guy. These council races, I love these. You talk about it with me every week. And the one we talked about this morning is this Inez Dickens race in Harlem. She's running against one of these lowlifes who was exonerated, uh, Youssef Salam, the exonerated five who, uh, you know, were accused and then exonerated in raping and beating up that Central Park jogger. What a gross race this is. But Inez Dickens has some issues, doesn't she, Frank? Well, she's got one issue, and uh, I, I, I am hoping she wins. I think she it would be a tremendous improvement over what this district has now, and she's really a law and order kind of uh, a Democrat, the kind of uh, person that we need more of as an elected official these days. That being said, it appears she has been lying for years about graduating from Howard University when she never actually completed a degree there. Interesting story in the New York Post by John Levine. Uh, Dickens, in her uh, previous voter guides, has said she has a degree from Howard University. Even on her website, she said she completed 
her studies at Howard University and even did postgraduate work at another school when she's never graduated from anywhere. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, but just own it. Don't do a George Santos or these other guys and just lie about uh, having graduated from a place. It really it creates an issue where there really shouldn't be one. In my view, Inez Dickens is such a better candidate than not only all five members of the so-called exonerated five, but the current council member, uh, Kristen Richardson Jordan, and the the other fellow that's running her, a colleague in the assembly. So, I mean, I don't know why she needed to lie about getting a degree from a school that she didn't get a degree from. Interesting. Hey, listen, Frank, uh, on a serious note, congratulations. It's not easy making the heavy hundred doing an overnight show anywhere. Number 65 is a testament to how great you are. Your ratings are great every month. Thank you for hopping on this program. I love having you now two days in a row. And I'll see you again tomorrow morning, buddy. Thank you so much. I, uh, it's an honor being a part of any list that excludes Curtis Lewa. And if people want to see uh, what uh, what our show's about and you can't stay up, check out our podcast, The Other Side of Midnight, on WABCRadio.com. All right. Those are uh, fighting words. He knows what he's doing, Frank Morano. He knows who's coming up next. It's a big 7 o'clock hour, Curtis Lewa. I also just got word from Daniel Penny's attorney, Tom Kniff. This is a big interview. He's joining me at 7.30. That's a big one the day after his client gets indicted. And then we'll talk also to Judge Andrew Napolitano. It's an action-packed powerhouse 7 o'clock hour about to come your way right here on Sid and Friends in the morning. Friends in the morning, 77 WABC. The guys that you have on that station now, I get a big kick out of Curtis Lewa. Yeah, he's I great. Think he's a gem. I think yeah. I, I, you know, I once had lunch with him, and you know, he had the the satin jacket, the red beret. People are coming up. Hey, Curtis. Hey, Curtis. I felt that I was having lunch with Spider Man. <laughs> yeah, I, I said, my God, Curtis, this is like being in in a Spider Man movie. You're a real life Spider Man. Well, I just got the nicest text from uh, Paul DiGiacomo. Have a big picnic today. Just invited me the annual DEA. That's Detectives Endowment, not Drug Enforcement. But Paul DiGiacomo is such a lovely guy. That's Michael Harrison. He uh, is Mr. Talker's Magazine. And unprovoked, he was on a couple of weeks ago about the convention, the conference, talking about John Katzmatidis, Chad Lopez, a host of guys, Frank Morano, me. And unprovoked, he brought up Curtis Sliwa. Now, you guys know how I feel about Curtis. I think he's the best. I really do. And I don't say a lot of nice things about other hosts because I think most of you out there are highly overrated, to be honest. Most of you suck. A lot of guys on this station suck. But a lot of guys are great. But Curtis Sliwa, he's an icon. He's a legend. He's, he's amazing. But all those nice words from Michael Harrison did not bind Curtis Sliwa or did not put Curtis Sliwa on the Heavy 100 Talkers Magazine list. He was left out. I'm on it. Very high-ranking. Katz and Cosby, Frank Morano, heck, even Joe Piscopo, who is a sweetheart and a terrific guy, but nobody listens to Joe. Nobody. So I get the feeling that Curtis is pissed off this morning. Is that accurate? Absolutely. (laughs) My phone was blowing up from people all over the country saying, what? You're not on this list? 
So anyway, you do more radio than anybody else. I agree. You don't have guests. You're talking theater of the mind. You're entertaining. Look at your ratings. Nobody else does that. You recognize that because you know radio. The rest of these people, they mail it in. You know, they, they repeat the show that they just heard the hour before. Same lines, True. same words. True. Trump is God, Biden sucks, right. and that's all they know. Well, or if they don't repeat somebody else's verbiage, then they just repeat their television show from the night before. Exactly. They wink, wink. 52 cuts. 52, uh, cut 52, 49. Hut, hut, <laughs> hut, hut. Boring radio. And then this, this, who disgraziata, Frank Morano. Oh, no, no, no. Well, yeah, yeah, hey, Frank Morano, right? You know where he would be without me? He'd be over at that station and nobody can listen to him. Fine. AM 970, the answer. They used to put him on Sunday mornings at like 3 in the morning. And then they say, hold up, halfway through your show, we got to put on the Lutheran hour. And then we'll let you come back a half hour later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ask him about that, right? AM 970, yes. And then that other guy, you say nice things about him. He called me. He said, oh, that radio host who dressed up like a traffic cone. Oh, that's not nice. Joe Borelli. <laughs> right, come on, man. You know he dissed you. He didn't mention you on Fox. And you know why? Because of his friends, Joanne Ariola and Mike Rendito. He kisses their ass. What? So all of a sudden he says, well, Sid is telling the truth about them. I've got to defend them. So I'm not going to mention Sid Rosenberg. You know something? I, I'm going to demand of Bo Dito today that I be assigned special prosecutor for the commission. Because you got a guy like Arthur Idella here, right? First off, he, he bought the Friars Club. He destroyed it. <laughs> John Katsimatidis would have saved it. Then he's talking about Harvey Weinstein. I'm telling you this. He substitutes for Joe Piscopo. He's competing against you, his mother, and maybe one other listener, one of his clients in jail. You have to get from them oh special exclusivity. Okay. That they're not going to appear on AM 970 against you. Well, you Likewise say them. What? Joe Borelli. Oh, that's the other guy, Joe Borelli, does hey, that too? you know what? If you think Joe Borelli is so good, tomorrow morning, have him on 705. Everybody will go to sleep. Oh, well, you know, in the city council, we're scratching our left hookers, and we got to work with Eric Adams, who's destroying this city, right? Come on. You know real radio. Those guys are, it's amateur hour. Well, I will say this. Uh, I like both of those guys. Arthur particularly is really, really good. But, but. Oh, yeah, no I ride one... the subway every day. Get out. <laughs> it's, it's so much better down there. No one compares to you. No one is ever going to take this slot. No one could even, could even vie against you for this. But I understand you're angry because, in all seriousness, dating back to all your days working with uh, Ron Kuby. 35 years <laughs> in this business. You know who I walked out on last night? Walked out? The boss. What? John Katsimatidis. No, you did not. That's, you ask him. Hold on. Hold on. You walked out on John Katsimatidis? He, he came in here and said, hey, we want you on, you know, about the penny situation, yeah. right? Oh, by the way, talking about the penny situation, his lawyer, Thomas Knipp, is going to join me next. It's an exclusive right here at the Curtis Slew of a guy. The best, Tom Knipp, who I campaigned for yes, for this attorney against Alvin Bragg. Where was Joe Pirelli, right? <laughs> Hiding on Staten Island. Where were the rest of the Republicans missing in action on that? Yeah. But let's get back on topic here. So you walked so last John. night, yeah. John comes in and he said, hey, we need you for Penny. I, you, I got it. Then all of a sudden, Rita's on the phone. She says, oh, we also have Bernie Carrick. Then your friend, the Eric Adams Republican, Peter King, says, yeah, you don't need Curtis. You got to go with Bernie Carrick. So they put Bernie Carrick on for like a half hour or whatever. Oh, my God. So that was it. I walked oh. out. 
And then wow. we try to bother you. Where are you? Where are you? John wants you on the air. I said, I've had it. I think I'm going to quit radio. I think I'm going to go out and become the shadow mayor, the mayor in exile. You notice you had a problem in Rockaway? Who had guardian angels outside of the pickle and pies food market in Delhi on 116th? The very next day, something that Eric Adams didn't do, nobody else did. None of these so-called politicians, <laughs> Joanne Ariola, Joe Borelli, Mike Rendino, they don't do constituent service. So I walked out on the boss last well, night. Well, I can tell you that the boss, John Katzmatidi, just texted me. I swear to God, I can show it to you. And it says, quote, John Katsimatidis, you read it. What no, does it no, say? No, no, you read, no, it. You read it. No, no, I'm not reading it. It says, Curtis is the best. Now you feel badly, don't you? No, I no. don't feel badly. What? I'm reconsidering my career in radio. I got to be honest with you. I'm looking no, at you, this. You, you feel disrespected. Totally. And you should. This is ridiculous. You, you saying nice things about a guy who says I dress up like a traffic cone? Uh, Have Joe Borelli in here every morning at 7.05. Well, that, <laughs> oh, Let me go back to sleep. The most boring guy ever, right? Well, well but you're leaving anyway because you told me yesterday that uh, you've got a plan in place. You would really like to be the new commissioner, and Caban's not going to get it. So you'd be the, the likely choice, I would think, but it's not going to happen. But you said that between you and uh, Bo Deedle, who's going to be live in studio coming up at 9.05, you believe there are two great positions in New York City that you and Bo Deedle can fulfill. Absolutely. I think Bo should be police commissioner. He knows the department inside out. Make me transit police commissioner. Nobody knows the subways better. And remember, I could do rat mitigation at the very same time. <laughs> By the way, there's a dead rat right outside of our studio. See, there I is. took a picture. And, I'm going to send it and to and you. it's not Frank Morano. No, not it should be Frank Morano. Yeah, yeah. By the way, why don't you play the six minutes that he sang on the air the what other morning song? at what four? What song was this? Six minutes. Who the hell knows? Everybody turned their radios off. Noam Layden should be upset because that's his leading. You let a guy sing a song for six a minutes. I was asleep. He can't even carry a tune. No, I'm up. I'm listening. I know you are. 24 7 365. John Katzmatidis, another text. He says, by the way, tell Curtis our ratings went down because we didn't bring Curtis on. So it sounds like a little backtrack. Well, you know now. something. I, I'm yeah. going to have to have a sit-down with John. He's always been so good to well, me in the was, Guardian Angels. But it Angels. wasn't John. It was Peter King. Yeah. Peter, Peter King. King. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Go with Bernie Carrot. Now, Bernie's good. Great. Bernie, no. But Bernie's not WABC. <laughs> I know. Right? I'm synonymous with WABC. Yes, you are. Yes. And do you know when I walked out yesterday... Nancy was calling me up. They want you on this show. They want you on that show. You know, about the choking. I mean, I'm an expert. Like, Bo Dito is an expert. I said, Nancy, tell him not today. I was so pissed off. Not today. I turned out well, two well, interviews. What are you more pissed off about? The fact that Peter King made sure that no, you no, sat no, up? No, look, or he... the fact that the Heavy 100 comes out and one of the most iconic radio personalities ever is not on that list, but Frank Morano and Joe Piscopo the are. The fact that Michael Harrison comes on your show, compares me to Spider-Man, said nobody's more well, let's popular. Let's that again one more time. Yeah, little, one more time. One huh? more time. This is unprovoked. Michael Harrison just brings up Curtis Sliwa and compares him to one of the greatest crime fighting superheroes ever, Spider-Man. The guys that you have on that station now, I get a big kick out of Curtis Sliwa. Yeah, he's I great. He's a gem. I think, I, I, you know, I once had lunch with him, and, you know, he had the, the sateen jacket, the red beret. People are coming up, hey, Curtis, hey, Curtis. I felt that I was having lunch with Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, I, I said, my God, Curtis, this is like being in, in a Spider-Man movie. You're a real-life Spider-Man. 
Well, clearly he liked Superman and the Batman better because that would be Murano and uh, Piscopo. Spider-Man, I guess, as By much way, as he loves him, By the way, let's bring up that Mama Luke, Frank Murano. Oh, no, no, no. He no, mentioned no. that that crook of all crooks, John Bachelor. John heard Bachelor. That? He, heard, he mentioned he's a bad guy. What a what a disgrace! Yeah, what a shot! He should wash his mouth down with Bell Snap the soap with Rokey's soap. We got rid of that guy. And Frank Morano's talking about John Bachelor should be in the top one hundred. I understand. That tells you where his loyalties are. Well, I tell you what, you can make all these pains go away tonight when our mutual friend, part of that great John Katzmatidis show, which did finish number forty one. That's a pretty good number. Craig Eaton. Craig Eaton, who's a lovely guy, lawyer, Brooklyn, Bay Ridge, the whole thing. He's having a big party tonight at his place, and he's inviting your best buddy, Brooklyn DA Eric Gonzalez. Are you kidding? What? Eric Gonzalez, you get busted with a loaded 9mm, you don't go to jail. What the hell is wrong with Craig Eaton? What? Well, well he wine dines and gets pocket line, right? What, what are you talking about? Doesn't he practice law in Brooklyn? I, oh, I, 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 yeah, that's right. Let's kiss up to the DA. What a disgrace, Eric Gonzalez. Oh, this is going to make you happy, though. With all the yelling and screaming, as upset as you are, I just got a text from Chad Lopez, who I must say, I must congratulate my buddy. He just spent the last three days in Washington, D.C., rubbing elbows with Elise Stefanik and all these big Congress people. He's like a real Washington, D.C. person now, and he's trying to save AM radio, so thank you, Curtis. He texted me this, Chad, I should say thank you. He goes, tell Curtis... I said he should be number 16 ahead of Sid. How about that, Chad Lopez? What, big deal. What? You're ahead of Howard Stern, the guy you work with. <laughs> you, you, you are in, in idolatry. What? What this f- vote was rigged. <laughs> I want you to get Michael Harrison on the radio to, get him on to the explain phone. this. I, I'm going to get him on. Even Chad Lopez's text, John Katzmatidis' Doesn't text. matter. Nothing makes you happy. Doesn't matter. You, you are kidding. This is a real angry courtesy. Oh, song. hell yeah. Damn. I got to call them all. I did Frank mention John Bachelor on this station. He should be eight. I am asking Bo today. I can't go to you. No. You got to refuse yourself. By the way, yourself. I just saw uh, Juliet Huddy was number eighty-three. Oh my <laughs> God! No, 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 my. Let me tell you something. I'm asking the commission. I'm asking Bo Tito yeah. if I can become the special prosecutor for the commission and go after these guys: Arthur Idala, Joe Borelli, Frank Morano. Frank Morano sang on the air six minutes, <laughs> and the, the ratings went right into the can. You tell the guy that I went out and campaigned for, Kniff, for DA against Alvin Bragg, when there were no other Republicans. Where were you, Borelli? Where were you, Joanne Ariola? Where were you, Rendino? You weren't there for Kniff, and you tell Kniff... Me and Bo will be there for Penny. We put more thugs into chokeholds. We put more thugs into headlocks. Uh, half Nelsons, full Nelsons, uh, the Sicilian backbreaker of Bruno Sammartino than any two men alive. We're like the tag team combination. We'll go into court. We'll testify on behalf of him. And you know when those jurors see Curtis Lewa, black and Hispanic, you know what they're going to say, Sid. You saw it for yourself in Brownsville in East New York. You know what they're going to say. That's the man. OG. And I'll tell them, no, not old gangster. Old guardian angel. And I'm still active. And I tell you what, Penny is a H-E-R-O in capital letters. Relax, the strap on your seat, but you never been on a ride like this before. What a producer who can rap and control the maestro at the same time with the dope rhyme that I kick. You know, and I know I feel some old folk. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have been? Friends, how many of us have been? 
77 WABC. Daniel Penny's attorney, my friend Tom Knipp, will join us momentarily. So Chad comes up to me, he goes, man, you know, I've told you a couple of times, stop saying bad things about your teammates on this station. I said, what do you mean? Long story short, this uh, idiot, Greg Kelly, this guy is such a moron. This guy says, I swear to God, you know, Sid keeps coming at me. I said, well, listen. You know, he's on hold. I'm talking about my beautiful wife, Danielle. He's like, are you done yet? Like, he was irked. Like, why would you do that? And I said, Greg, you don't even get a 3.0. You're on at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. You've got no competition. Nobody. Can you name anybody else on at 1 o'clock? I can't. I'm getting sevens up against 10-10 wins, CBS 880, Boomer Esiason, the stiffest competition, Stern on satellite. You can't get a three. Goes on to tell Chan, ah, oh, you know, he's out of touch. If, if, if Greg Kelly really believes, this is how crazy this person is, that praising Trump and killing Eric Adams will get him big ratings in New York City, he's dumber than I thought he was. It's kind of weird because he preps so much, he gets in here. Yeah, no, he walks preps- in at 15 minutes after the show starts. He basically replays his TV show from the night before, and he can't get a three. Mm. But he wants ABC to consider putting him on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, because he thinks that praising Trump and bad-mouthing Eric Adams, and if he gets a 2.6 at 1 o'clock in the morning, he'll get a 1. He'll get a 1. So, Greg, <laughs> do your little radio show. They're never going to replace me with you, not in a million years. They wouldn't replace me with Francesca. No. You can't get a rating at 1 o'clock in the afternoon against nobody. Wait a second. Wait a second. So Chad did defend you, and he wants me to stop picking on guys at the station. But, man, you really come off like a complete moron. He had to get Chad, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's Oh, that's I'll crush his ratings. He's out of touch with Trump and Adams. Please. Anyway, my next guest, the complete opposite. I respect this guy as much, if not more, than anybody. This guy served our country proudly. I endorsed him in his race against Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg. And now, of course, him and Steve Razor, the attorneys for Daniel Penny. And I pumped up my friend Tom Kniff big time on Fox News with Brian Kilmeade last night. Here he is, Penny's attorney, Thomas Kniff. Thomas, good morning, buddy. How are you? Good morning, Sid. Let me know where I should send those checks, okay? <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, everything I said was, was true. And, uh, you know, Curtis, too, we all endorsed you in that race against Bragg. And I said this on Fox News. I said, Knip is a better man. Forget about better attorney and hero. He's just a better man than Alvin Bragg. And now you're kind of going up against him. So we kind of knew this was happening. But now that it's official... Anything different in the Kniff Razor office this morning now that Daniel Penny has officially been indicted? I, I wouldn't say so, Sid. I mean, you know, if you've been doing this for as long as we have, I mean, actually, if you've been doing criminal work for about five minutes, I, I mean, you understand that a grand jury presentation, for all intents and purposes, is a legal formality. Um. You know, I, it, it's become a cliche because it's so off-quoted, 
Uh, but but it doesn't make it any less accurate. You know, you can indict a ham sandwich, as Saul Walkler once said. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, look, uh, of course, we, we y- you can't help hope, right? So in, in a case like this, we said, geez, you know, if there's ever a situation where maybe a grand jury will flush the case, this could be the one. We had requested, uh, you know, witnesses that, and asked the DA to call certain witnesses. We can't control it. We can only make the ask. It's a secret proceeding. We don't know what they did or didn't do in there. But, you know, anyone who's surprised because a grand jury returns an indictment just really is, you know, out of touch with how things work. You know, this indictment, Thomas, came just a couple of days after your client, Daniel Penny, uh, did those tapes, released those tapes. And I thought they were great. I played a lot of it on this show. You and I talked about it two days ago. And I'm happy he did it, but Brian Kilmeade did ask me last night, do you think that maybe Knipp and Razor now, in retrospect, think that maybe Penny should not have done those tapes? I don't think it would have mattered. I think he was getting indicted anyway. And if anything, now you know if he has to testify, he can certainly handle himself. What are your thoughts? Uh, absolutely. No regrets. And, that, you know, I think I made the point when we spoke a couple of days ago, you know, at, at some point, you know, you have to – counter the narrative i mean it's one thing if this case wasn't getting the press it was getting it's one thing if you know people like jamani williams al sharpton kathy hochel weren't you know going on the major media outlets and and labeling you know my my client a vigilante a murderer white supremacist using the bully pulpit of public office to say if not those things things like that um you know so, so letting the public get a you know, a 360 view of him uh, instead of this, you know, just one dimensional, you know, uh, vitriolic uh, uh, view that, that at least part of the was being partly put out there. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I don't think that that was a bad decision at all. And, and, re, and the reality is that, again, you know, we're dealing with a, a reasonable cause standard in the grand jury. Grand juries are keen to most people. But it, it, it is really the DA's sandbox. In fact, the, the grand jury room isn't even in the courthouse. It's in the right. DA's building. Right, right. Uh, you know, so yep. Yep. you just really – I don't think it's any time to, to second-guess anything we did. We feel very, uh, very good about, you know, every way that uh, – you know, every move we made so far in this case. You mentioned Hochul, Jamani Williams, a host of others. Some of these questions will be similar to our discussion two days ago, but they're important – I brought up the mayor, Eric Adams, and he came out yesterday and and actually congratulated the D.A. Alvin Bragg on doing a very, quote, thorough investigation. That pissed me off, the mayor. What about you? Yeah, you know, we should really, this has nothing to do with my client, but it has to do with our legal system and protecting the constitutional rights of all accused. I'm actually, ironically, I'm on the Cross Bronx Expressway right now, heading up to West Point to, to do a hearing on a courts martial case I'm handling. Wow. In the military, we have something called unlawful command influence. And it, it is probably the number one issue why military cases get reversed on appeal. In fact, it's probably more than all other issues combined. And what it says is that if a commanding general or anyone in, in a position of influence comments on pending criminal cases um, within the military that that can that that results in almost an automatic reversal of any conviction that might occur 
I would like to see something like that implemented in New York, implemented in the United States, even on the federal level, because there is nothing that does more violence to the presumption of innocence than elected officials, who, by the way, have taken an oath to defend the Constitution of the United States, which, which includes, by the way, the, the principle of presumption of innocence, you know, to get out there and start making statements that yep. prejudice any defendant's right yep. to a fair trial. Well said. Tom, can I have two or three more? We'll let you run. Next couple of minutes. Uh, the chokehold issue, Al Sharpton, 15 minutes. The media, 15 minutes. Not true. Daniel Penny said it. You said it. I know that uh, guys like Bo Deedle listening right now and Curtis Sliwa, they put lots of guys in headlocks over the years. Nobody died. Penny said the whole thing lasted about three minutes. So if it's not 15 minutes, what's their case? Well, it's, it's certainly not 15 minutes. And I, this is another point I made before. I mean, one, that, that it's just controverted by, you know, there's body cam video. We're going to get a lot more evidence now that, I mean, one benefit of the case going past the grand jury now is we're actually going to be entitled to real discovery. Um, but, you know, just from a common sense perspective, Anita Adams, by the way, is early on beat back against that absurd timeline. Anybody who rides the subway, you know, particularly if this occurred in, in, in central Manhattan, you're talking about two minutes on average between stops, right? Uh, you know, sometimes a little, a little faster, sometimes a little slower if the train's moving slow. But ordinarily, you're talking about a two-minute time frame. This whole encounter, Sid, incurred between two subway stops. Immediately once Neely got on the train, he threw his jacket at one of the passengers. He started making threats, threats to, threats to kill. Um, and then my client and other passengers on the train, by the way, as we know, took action to subdue him. And then it's at the very next train station where the police are ultimately are summoned and come wow. and come to uh, yep. and come on scene. So, so you know, there's just no way yep. to look at this to say that oh, this could have ever been a 15 minute timeline. Right. So now the other issue becomes again something we discussed two days ago: the toxicology report. Your client Penny says he looked whacked out. Rumors, allegations, a guy's been smoking K2 for months, like George Floyd, who had fentanyl and heroin in his system. Uh, now that this is uh, in front of the grand jury, I would imagine you have to get that toxicology report, no? Absolutely. I mean, we, we've been told that, oh, you know, it, 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 the, 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 uh, the medical examiner's office is, is delayed and it takes time. And, and look, and they certainly do have a backlog. I can tell you that from other cases. But there is no question that, the, the, again, now, now we have a case here, right? I mean, for all intents and purposes, you know, the grand jury is, as I said before, it's a formality. You don't really even have a criminal case at that point. Now we have a case. They've made a reasonable cause determination, the lowest standard in the criminal legal legal system. Um, and the, the, you know, what that triggers from a defense perspective is all the discovery laws. I mean, we're entitled, to, particularly after the reforms that, that, that occurred a couple of years ago, I mean, we're entitled to everything. We're going to get the toxicology, we're going to get a full autopsy, and we're going to get a lot of other material that, that I suspect will be very beneficial yep. uh, to, to Danny's uh, defense. Will Danny testify before the grand jury? You mean before a trial jury? Before the trial jury, yes. You know, that's a decision that, uh, I mean, another benefit the defense has in any case, not just this one, is we don't have to make that determination until the district attorney has rested their case. Um, and the defense, if they decide to, starts putting on a case. We don't have to give any advance notice to anyone about that. It, 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 you know, right. So 
it, it would be premature to comment on that at this point before we've seen any evidence in this case. And we really haven't had any disclosure from the district attorney uh, other than the minimal items they, they're required to provide before grand jury. Um, but I will say, look, you know, I, as those videos evidence, our client comes off very well. I think I said before on your show, you know, Mark Twain said, if you tell the truth, you have nothing to remember. There's no doubt that he'd be a, a truthful witness. And I think a very compelling witness if we decide to put him on. So, Thomas, uh, my dear friend Thomas Knipp, I love this guy. Great attorney, great American hero. And, of course, uh, our guy Danny Penny's attorney. And wrapping this up, race should not play an issue here. You've you talked about it. One of the men that actually restrained, along with your client, Jordan Neely, black man, and the first lady that complained on the train that she would have thought her life was in danger and called Danny Penny a hero, black woman. So, Al Sharpton, you are S up the creek, my friend. Race does not play a role here. So, quickly on the end, Dan, uh, Danny, I almost called you. Uh, Thomas, when it's all said and done and the trial is said and done, Danielle Penny is going to be an innocent man, exonerated, and uh, treated like the hero he really is. Yes? I have no doubt. No doubt. That's all you need to hear. And with you as his attorney, my money's on you. So, good luck up in uh, West Point today, and thank you for joining me, Tommy. You know you you're a great friend, uh, you, Frank O'Hara, Mike Sullivan. Thank you so much. Absolutely. It's always, always a pleasure, buddy. You're the best. The best. Thomas Kniff right there, folks. And you heard how it ended. No doubt. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. All right, 749, great song here. My guy, Eddie Vedder, Pro Jam. Pro Jam, it's you guys. All right. Been a great hour. Frank Morano, Curtis Sliwa, Thomas Kniff, and I think uh, Judge Angel Napolitano, who's a Thursday regular, and I love him to pieces. He's so good. I think he told Lou at the break, and uh, he can confirm or deny this. I do a lot of stuff all week long, but this spot with Sid is my favorite. Sorry, Greg Kelly. I think he said that. But let's uh, find out from the man himself, Judge Napolitano. Good morning, Judge. <laughs> uh, good morning, my man. I did say it, and I also said <clears throat> if Sid would permit it, and if the great John Katsimatidis would permit it, I'd like to show up in the studio one Thursday morning. I'd love that. I would love that. And I'm being honest. And then afterwards, you and I go to the Murray Hill Diner, and I'll buy you lunch. I mean it. I'm serious. I'd love that. But one place we're not going to go to, here's what happened to me this morning. I get up at 5, which is late by your time. I have a meeting at 6.30. I'm driving to the meeting. I'm listening to you. You went to a Mexican restaurant, and you ran to the toilet. <laughs> You're not going. You're not going to that Mexican You have restaurant. been listening. It's not just Pico. It's any Mexican restaurant. That that food just kills me. And I got to get in the truck to do Fox News with Brian Kill Me, but I made it, and it came out great. So, listen, you just heard uh, Tom Knipp, and I'm glad you listened all morning. Thank you. And you know this stuff uh, inside and out. It does seem like... The um, Well, I guess the evidence points to an exoneration here for Daniel Penny. Somewhere down the road, what are your thoughts 
on the DA bringing uh, the jury, I should, grand jury, bringing an indictment to Daniel Penny. I agree with uh, Curtis that Daniel Penny is an American hero. I agree with you that Tom Kniff, whom I don't know personally, has an excellent uh, reputation uh, devoted to his uh, clients and a substantial understanding of the criminal justice system, all of which is very important. Uh, Unfortunately, the law is not on the side of the hero. There was a 1968 Rockefeller-era statute that the crazies in Albany enacted called the duty to retreat. And that judge in that case, the judge in Daniel Penny's case, is going to look at the jury and say, Mr. Penny had a duty to leave the subway car if he felt threatened, if you find that there was a reasonable way for him to do so. It's a terrible law. You don't have a duty to retreat in your own home, but you do have the duty to retreat in public. This basically means is how crazy the laws are written by politicians who have no experience with law enforcement, with the judiciary, or with the criminal justice system. Somebody is threatening you, you can't stand your ground. Somebody is threatening your spouse and your children, you can't defend them. But like in, Flo- like in Florida, for example, they've got stand your ground. So if something like this happened in Florida, that's a slam dunk for Knip. But you're saying Correct. here, not as easy. Correct. Regrettably, we are not Florida. Regrettably, you have to run like a scared rabbit if there's an opportunity to do so. So um, Tom's defense is going to center on the medicine, the, you know, how uh, this fellow died. Did he die because of the drugs? Did the drugs uh, accelerate uh, his death? Did he die afterwards by some cause having nothing to do uh, with Penny? And it's going to center on this duty to uh, retreat. Wow. Um, Listen, I like Penny, and I want him to prevail. I would not have done that tape. That tape gives the government an opportunity. They have examined that tape. They've examined his eye movements. They've examined his body movements. They know exactly what he's going to be like when he's on the witness stand. I would not have tipped my hand by showing him that. I know why they did it. They're getting terrible PR. The major politicians in the city, you guys just talked about this, are condemning the kid. And they're worried about the PR. I wouldn't worry about that. The trial's not coming for another year. You win the trial in the courtroom. You don't win the trial in the court of public opinion. All right, Judge Napolitano, this is uh, what makes them great. You also came on last week. It was the day that President Trump was indicted. He has since been arraigned. My guy, yes. President Trump, your buddy, turned 77 yesterday. Uh, yes. I've spoken to you, Takapina, Idala, Dershowitz, all great, brilliant men. Uh, all agree that uh, the indictment is serious, but some say he'll be fine. Others, like you said on this show, he can likely go to jail. He ain't going to be fine. Have you changed your mind since President Trump's arrest? No, it has uh, sickened me, and it gives me no Listen, he sent me a message the other day. I love you and I miss you. Oh, my God. The president Jeez. himself sent that message. That's awesome. The former president sent that message. It sickens me to have to say this, but I've got to be intellectually honest with you. And um, I know Professor Dershowitz agrees with me. He had a great piece in the Wall Street Journal. We were both stunned at the gravity of the indictment, at the amount of evidence in there. And the sources of the evidence are from 
people loyal to Trump. Well, this is what I want to get at. I mean, I I saw all the counts, 37 counts. I read the indictment. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not nearly as smart as you or a judge. But even a layman like me, the one thing that scared me was the obstruction charge because of, like you said, the people they've got on tape, including the president. So if, in fact, he goes down for this, I'm assuming obstruction is where they'll get him, yes? Yes. Uh, Either uh, obstruction or, uh, you know, concealment. The fact that he knew what this stuff was because they have the tape of him. And it wasn't a surveillance tape. I mean, he knew he was being taped. He was actually being very generous. Presidents don't do this. Only Donald Trump does this. He sat for a two-hour interview with the ghostwriter for Mark Meadows. Now, I know he and Meadows don't get along, but he was helping Meadows write his autobiography. So for two hours, they were interviewing Donald Trump on tape, thinking out loud. When he pulls out a document and says, by the way, I have plans here in my hands to invade Iran. What? Apparently the government considered invading, invading Iran. And they had all the military plans there because I know it's a secret. I could have de- declassified it. I didn't. I better, I better put this away. That kind of stuff is really, really going to hurt him. Uh, you know, I love him, but sometimes he can be his own worst enemy. He knew he was being taped, and the feds have that tape, and they center their their uh, indictment around his own words. They also center his indictment around 50 security cameras in Mar-a-Lago, his, his own security cameras. And so they say to uh, Walt Nauta, did you move documents out of the, that's his aide, did you move documents out of the um, storage area? Nauta says, no, I don't know what you're talking about. They have him on tape, moving stuff out of the storage area, the feds go in the storage area, and then he moves it out. So they have a pretty strong case against uh, the two of them. I wish that this could have been worked out before indictment, but it's too late now. This is going to be the trial of the century. It's going to make O.J. look like nothing. (laughs) Well, I don't know about that. Two dead bodies is a little more brutal than this, but you're right. Well, I meant the I meant the level of interest. In yeah, it. no, it'll be big. There's no doubt. And, and again, in the last couple of minutes with the Judge Napolitano doing Penny doing Trump, now we'll do Biden. You know, everybody I bring on, they make this a political argument. Well, wait a second. Joe Biden's got 1,900 boxes. They just found more boxes just a couple of days ago. And, you know, the, the boxes in front of the Corvette. I mean, who knows? And he did all this while he was vice president. He couldn't even declassify any of this stuff. So how in the hell can you arrest Donald Trump when Joe Biden seemingly has done worse and i agree with that 1000 percent. but i keep right. saying the same thing how does that work for you in a court of law well we have yet to hear from bob her uh bob her is the other special counsel bob her a republican um a former u.s attorney in maryland is the one investigating uh, joe biden we haven't heard a peep from him now 1,800 boxes, those are from his 36 years in the Senate. Unlike presidents who do not get to own the documents that they deal with, senators do. And most senators donate those documents to a university, which is what Joe uh, did. On the other hand, senators theoretically, theoretically don't get classified material. So those 1,800 boxes are all the records of his 36 years in the Senate, whether there's classified material in there or not, we don't know. But I assure you, I know Bob Herr, they're going through every document in there to see if any of them is classified. And if there is, we'll know about it.
All right, so because, you know, Bill O'Reilly once said on this show as he wrapped things up, there's no way you can indict and or arrest Donald Trump without doing the same to Joe Biden. So with her now in the mix, do you think that remains more of a distinct possibility since they have arrested Donald Trump? I don't because because the statute of limitations is five years and whatever the hell Biden did was more than five years ago. Gotcha. Uh, so he, he may skate just like Hillary skated. Now, Hillary skated because of absolute corruption in, in, the, in the Obama Justice Department. No question about it. What Hillary did was far worse than, than the most serious allegation against Donald Trump. But that's history, and there's nothing we can do about it. All right. That was Jim Comey doing his thing for his girl. Anyway, you are, you are great. You know, you say to me, this is your favorite part of the week. And i got to be honest, man, I think this show has gotten a lot better the day you agreed to come on weekly, a lot better. So thank you for another great appearance, pal. You're you're uh, you're putting goosebumps on my arms, my man. But I'm going to show up on a Thursday, and then we're going to the um, uh, Murray Hill Diner. Sounds, yeah. That sounds great. Another not, not the Mexican restaurant. <laughs> well, you got a long trip back to New Jersey. You'll never make it. But uh, <laughs> I love you, Judge. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Love you all the best. You too. That wraps up a great hour. Really, uh, a great two hours. Frank Morano, Curtis Sliwa, Thomas Kniff, Daniel Penny's attorney, the exclusive, the day after the indictment. And then, of course, Judge Andrew Napolitano. we got a very special treat for you guys coming up. We still have some great guests stopping by, Judge Janine and more. But Lee Greenwood, you know the song, I'm proud to be an American. He's here. He's going to talk to me for a bit and then sing that iconic, great, patriotic American song, live in our beautiful studios, Lee Greenwood, after Gnome with the news. Come on. Is sit in friends in the morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. There's a quiet time in the early dawn. Before the morning paper, before the coffee's on. There ain't much moving in the world outside Oh, I love to take a morning ride My baby You know what's weird is um, Lee Greenwood is sitting with me in studio right now And he's actually singing the words of this song You know this song? <laughs> pretty, pretty well <laughs> yeah. yeah It's one of the nightly songs in our concerts You know, everybody of course knows your classic one of, uh, my opinion, and there's a lot of America songs I love. You mentioned a Neil Sedaka song, but Neil Diamond, Ray Charles, Toby Keith, all of them. Your song, Power to Be an American, I believe, is the most patriotic, greatest American song ever. Thank you. But you've got other great songs like this one. Yeah, we had 11 number one songs in our early career. And before I ever wrote USA, we had uh, three different albums and six number ones. Uh, in, in the eventual uh, uh, time of our career, through the 80s and early 90s, uh, and into the 2000s, we had uh, like 25 charted singles in country music. So when people say, well, we love your one song, but then they talk about USA being an umbrella. It's not an um- It may be an umbrella, but it's not a parachute. 
I mean, I, I you know, I, I'm yeah. still an artist. Yeah. I still tour. I still sing songs, and I love music and love being an artist. So I, I get the sense that as proud as you are about that song and everybody loves it, that it kind of pisses you off. That <laughs> I mean, if you're a country music fan, you know Lee Greenwood. But if you're a guy listening to Light Up M or Z100, they think you wrote one song. Yeah, I know. And I, maybe I should tour Europe like a lot of other country artists. And, okay. <laughs> and they'll go, oh, yeah, you're a country artist. They won't even know God bless you. I say, we ain't playing it over there. <laughs> That's true. They're probably not. So I'm, I'm fascinated by the whole. First of all, I want to thank All-American Jen, Jen Kearns, who's a great talk show host. Great talk show host who brought you in here today. I know you're a good buddy for all the Fox and Friends guys like I am and doing all that great Fox news stuff. So thank you, Jen. Thank you very much. You've been on the show with me once before a couple of years ago. You may or may not remember. Uh, you told me the story of how you wrote the song. I'm always fascinated. Like Bono tells a story that he was in a hotel room in Harlem, and he wrote uh, Angel of Harlem on a, on a napkin. Yeah. And that song became a great hit. Where was Lee Greenwood? What was he doing when he penned the uh, the USA song. Yeah, I was on my bus, and uh, and and in the early days, of course, when I signed with MCA, I was Reba McIntyre, George Strait, The Oak Ridge Boys, and Barbara Mandrell, and myself. We we're all on the wow. same label, and we're touring like like you know hunting dogs. I mean, every doghouse, outhouse, and roundhouse in the country. So you all toured together. Uh, some, some did. Yes, I've toured more with the Oaks and Barbara Mandrell than the others. Uh, George Strait and I didn't tour much together, but we did come out exactly at the same time. Is it true that you wrote Elvira? Is that true? No, I did not. <laughs> I might, I, I, I wish I had. Uh, you know, when people say, do you have any, and this is kind of funny, any regrets of writing God Bless You? I say, and I said, yes. And they said, how could you have a regret about that? I said, I didn't write Hotel California. And there's always that. I want something more. That's funny. Yeah, I would like yeah. something more, but, yeah. but I can't. I can't argue with the fact that I've had a song that has lifted up my life for my family. It's lifted up America and been there when America needed it. And and I'm still alive and I'm still singing it. That and you look great and you're going to sing it for us live in studio. Really exciting coming up in about 10 minutes. So you're on the bus. What made you all of a sudden get that patriotic? Well, it, it's, it didn't happen all of a sudden. Uh, um, you know, I, I was in Vegas for 20 years. I, I watched Elvis's performances. I loved the trilogy when he did that at the close of, of his show. I worked in the same hotel with him. And uh, I said, if I ever get a career that's national fame, I'm going to do trilogies, my closer. That was always in my mind to do something that was so powerful. And my mother used to say that it doesn't matter what you do in the beginning or the middle. Make sure you have a big closer. And uh, so I. I get I get my career. Uh, we're off the ground. I mean, we we started. Well, did Elvis help you? Was Elvis? No, uh, no, no, no. He no. didn't know who you are. He could care less. Yeah, yeah. Right. He was Elvis. <laughs> yeah, well, he was yeah. always good to everybody around him, though. He was right. a good guy. He was too good to that uh, the guy that Tom Hanks played in the movie, obviously, because he came back to screw him. Yeah. Uh, uh, Colonel, Captain uh, Colonel, Parker. Colonel. That's right. Colonel Parker. All right, he, so you're working with Elvis, and then all this stuff comes about. And so, my, so my career takes off, and I and I'm I'm just I'm crazy. Touring like crazy. I'm writing songs a lot. And one night, I don't know, we'd have fireworks after a show somewhere between Texas and Arkansas. I had my, in the back of my bus, I had a, a round, uh, a bed and I had my piano hinged on the wall. I could sit at the end of the bed and put it, pull it up and, and lay it on my knees and plug in my headphones so I wouldn't disturb the crew. And I traveled with the four man crew rather than the band. They were crazy. I'd left the band alone. And so I'm writing songs. So one night, I don't know, we had fireworks. I met some military guys and suddenly it came back, this urge to 
write something about America. I penned it about 45 minutes. And when I got home, I played it for my, which would have been about three weeks later, I got to my producer, Jerry Crutchfield, and he said, well, this is something that's really out of, out of line of what we're releasing for your songs. We, we had all these romantic songs. We yeah. had like five or six yeah. in a row, like Kenny Rogers had those beautiful ballads. And I said, well, I, I want to do it. So the album was called You Got a Good Love Coming. It was a summer album for 1985, uh, 1984. It's a 40-year anniversary. <laughs> yes, but yeah. 1984 was the yeah. album. And so um, we, we stuck it on that album. But it wasn't going to be a single release. It, Universal made the call. Had they not said, Irving Azoff not said, I want this to be the single, nobody had ever heard it. Uh, the beautiful Margot Katsimatidis, John Katsimatidis, my dear friend who owns this station, they love you. You perform for them. I love them, Tunnel too. to Towers, yes. I love Tunnel to Towers. Frank Siller, hello, man. Uh, he's a great American, too. So she came in here to watch you perform this song live. Margot came in early. Oh, cool. So 40-year anniversary of this. Uh, there she is, by the way. Say hello to the lovely Margo Katz and Matides, Lee Greenwood. Forty years since uh, you wrote that uh, that great song, and um, you're doing something coming up this year. Yeah, I find something. It's called the Doctor Vet. This is an unbelievable event coming your way. I think it's around Thanksgiving. Is that right? So we're launching this week uh, the AdoptAVet.com campaign where a caregiver or a family member can actually take a veteran on Veterans Day to see a film that we filmed especially for uh, Veterans Day this year for veterans. And it, you can you can go to AdoptAVet.com, buy your tickets now, pre-ticket sale before they sell out. It will be at AMC theaters all across America wow. on Veterans Day. Be a hero for your hero and bring a veteran to Veterans Day to see our film. Well, you just talked about Frank Stiller, of course. Uh, nobody does more, no charity, than Tunnel to Towers when it comes to our vets. So here you made a movie. You have to tell me about this. You wrote it, directed, starting it. What was it? What yeah, did you it, do there? It's a film of a live show, and there's 40 artists. You, you won't even see this many artists on the Country Music Association shows. Let me give you an example. Jamie Johnson, Big and Rich, the Oak Ridge Boys, Sam Moore from Soul Man, T. Graham Brown, Tracy Lawrence, Larry Gatlin, and the Gatlin Brothers. Others, uh, Gavin DeGraw, who's a great singer, by the way. These are, by the way, these are very, very big names. Oh, these are all big names. Yeah, this, is all, not, this is not like the backdoor bar in Nashville on a Sunday morning. These are big names. <laughs> they have all filled stadiums. Uh, Michael Ray, Justin Lynch, Lee Bryce, you know, you know Lee Bryce's name, Scott Stapp, Home Free, uh, which did a, a version of God Bless USA for me in 2020. Did you say Scott Scott Stapp. Isn't he the, the rock and roll guy yes. living in Boca Raton in his car for a couple of years? Yes, but he sang my first number one song called Going, Going, Gone. These are all hits that I had. Wow. They all sing my songs. Mark Wills, great friend of mine. Crystal Gale, Michael W. Smith and the Isaacs. I mean, it just goes on and on. Forty different singers. So if people will just, you know, get, get, you know, get onto the adoptavet.com, bring a veteran to this show on Veterans Day at AMC Theaters across America. This is an unbelievable deal. Now, like, I remember very vividly talking about the 80s when you wrote your song, Live Aid, Farm Aid. Farm Aid, right. right. And they had like Bono and Willie uh, Nelson and all that All group. that great stuff, Brian Adams. But your list right here... Make it even be bigger than that. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's, it's so exciting for me to, to have this go to film. We did it at a live show, but we filmed it just especially so we could show it on Veterans Day this year, kicking off the campaign. We have a lot of AMC theaters, I think, uh, right here in New York City. I believe the one on 42nd Street is still. 
and uh, down by my old apartment in Battery Park. I think that's an AMC. It is an AMC. It is right. Yep. So where will you be on that day? Where do you live? Do you live in? uh, I live in Franklin, Tennessee. But my touring schedule may not take me. uh, It'll probably have me performing somewhere. I doubt I'm sure at a theater watching the film. Right. Uh, But all we're going to continue this campaign, AdoptiveVet.com, for the next you know six months. So we make sure that everybody gets a gets the word. How far is Franklin, Tennessee, from Nashville? I'm just curious. Um. 12 miles. 12. Oh, very close. As the, as the crow flies, yeah. If you're going towards Alabama, 65 south. Okay, I got a great story for you quickly. All right. So I'm a real Brooklyn guy, as you can tell. Yeah. I play a mobster in movies. I'm not like you. I love me. it. Yeah. You're <laughs> a great character actor, too. Uh, thank you, Lee. So uh, I get invited one time to go to John Daly's golf tournament. Uh-huh. Many summers ago, Steve Sporio was there, a whole bunch of people. And it's in Nashville. And they go, listen, you're going to do your radio show from the golf tournament, and that night we're going to take you to the Grand Ole Opry. Oh, man. And I go, wow, what is that? <laughs> what <laughs> is in it? Brooklyn, right. So I show up, and it's a bunch of gorgeous women in flannel shirts and boots, and they're eating oh, barbecue. Yeah. And, you know, we go inside, and uh, with my partner, Scott Kaplan, and uh, performing that night was Vince Gill. Oh, okay. Vince Gill comes out. He's performing. He's great. I, you know, I didn't know he was, but he's great. And by the end of the concert, some really beautiful, Lee Greenwood, beautiful girl hops up on stage and starts singing with him. And they sounded great together. And I look at Scott, my partner, I go, I think Vince Gill is banging this chick. No, 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 no. I swear to God. He goes, stop. She's a gospel singer. He's married. Not in a million years. Yeah, that's going to happen. One week later, I was 100% right. That lady on stage, (laughs) Amy Grant. Well, yeah, they were going to get married, but, yeah. but uh, <laughs> I did. I know it's uncomfortable for you to even talk about this, but I nailed it. That's yeah. good instincts, Lee. Right? Uh, well, you're you're probably right. Yeah, <laughs> but that happened as a romantic moment for the Opry. That's yes. such a great artist. Vince Gill, by the way, sang background on, on about ten of my records. He did. Yeah, he's a great. Give singer. me some other famous singers that sang on your records. Oh, I, 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 the Gatlin Brothers were the original singers on "God Bless the USA." They're on the actual song right now. Yeah. Do you know the Gatlin Brothers were on that song? No, I didn't know that. Who is uh, the greatest country music artist of all time? Is it Um, Hank Williams? um, Is it Hank? No. No? No. um, Is anybody modern compared? Would you put like a Jason Aldean or a Luke Bryan, any of those guys, even in the conversation? Well, yeah, it's just a different time. No. Uh, the, the music was softer and easier and slower. There's no comparison to what Luke Bryant will do on stage now or right. Garth Brooks or, you know. Right. I mean, Garth Brooks is a character actor like Kenny Rogers was a character actor. You yes. Know? They, were, they were charismatic. Do you consider Kenny a country guy or a pop guy? Pop. Yeah, me too. I know but, he did the, uh, the but, Song Islands Through the Stream with Dolly Parton. but uh, he's And, a, I, he's and a I wrote guy. Kenny a hit song called The Love Song. You wrote the love song? Yeah. Why do people cry when they hear the word goodbye in <laughs> a love song? song. I'm so a huge I, Kenny fan. So I toured with Kenny. As a matter of fact, we went all across uh, uh, Canada together. We had a bus accident in Wisconsin. My next night was the Ohio State Fair. I was the lead act. The next night we opened in Montreal with Kenny Rogers. So God Bless USA was brand new. And I said, Kenny, I don't know if I should do this song in Montreal. They're going to kill me here. Oh, they must and, have loved it. And Kenny said, do it anyway. Yeah. Well, I, I did a little research. And one of the songs I used to sing... I'm going way back here. When I played piano bar, was sometimes when we touch. From Dan Hill? Sometimes when, when we touch. The honesty is too much. Yeah. Dan Hill. Guess North where Carolina. He's, guess where he's from? North Carolina. No, Montreal, Canada. Dan Hill is from Yes, sir. I he's he was a North Canadian Carolina. artist. So I, I did that research. I opened my show with Sometimes When We Touch. And they loved I'm, you. I'm the opening guy. They stood up and applauded. 
And when I finished, I finished with God Bless USA, and they stood up again. Uh, so did you get free chicken at Kenny Rogers' places before he died? I'm no, sure you did. I didn't like his chicken. You, know, you didn't like his chicken? It was terrible. <laughs> I go to Kentucky Fried Chicken. Sorry. That's not a plug, but that's funny. I'll help uh, once a year. That's all. <laughs> so, okay. So who is the greatest then? It's not uh, Hank Williams. It's not Kenny Rogers. Who is it? Um, personal ex- excluded. <laughs> you know what my wife just said? My beautiful wife, Danielle? She says the greatest ever, Johnny Cash. Uh, no. No. no I'm not I, a big I, Johnny Cash fan. I mean, I, yeah. I am a Johnny Cash oh, you fan. Are. Okay. You're me a singer, singer. You know, um, Mark Wills is a great singer. Mark Wills? Have you greatest? ever heard him sing? I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. Oh, he's a great singer. The greatest country singer ever? Well, you Better know. Better than Merle Haggard? Well, yeah. Again, you're talking about Willie and, and, yeah. and Waylon and the boys. I don't know that they were great singers. They were great artists. Well, I see. I agree with that. Like like Bob Dylan, for example. He well, can't sing. No, he can't Bruce sing. Springsteen can't sing. No, but, but they're, they're both great. unbelievable, right? Where they're entertainers. I mean, right. they, you know, that's what Garth Brooks is, entertainer. But he can still sing. I mean, the dance oh, yeah. is a nice little ballad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're a better singer than all these guys. But uh, you still, I mean, you really are. Yes, well, you are. I, I kind of back off. Uh, how about a female, the greatest female country singer? Ooh, boy. Tough. Uh, Loretta Lynn. No. No. No, no. She was a wonderful person. It wasn't, no. wasn't that great a singer. Dolly um, Parton. Dolly Parton, the greatest ever. Well, Dolly Parton's a great singer. <laughs> okay. uh, she's a stylist, though. Yeah. Yeah. I would put, you know, I'd say Trisha Yearwood or um, uh, what's that other girl that has a television show on cooking? On cooking? Uh, Rachel Ray. No. She's a country singer? Yeah. <laughs> Rachel Ray. No. Uh, Trisha's got a cooking show. Oh, that Trisha Yearwood's very good. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's what I said. Reba McIntyre? Uh, no. No, no. You know, Reba and I started at the same time on MCA yeah. label. She's, again, a stylist, I think. Yeah. I did love her early songs. Um, what about Patty, uh, the, the uh, come Patty, on. Um, the, the great Patty, Patty uh, Loveless, Loveless. Yeah, Patty Loveless. Patty Loveless, yeah. She yeah. did a duet with Vince Gill. It was terrific. Yeah. And she's a great singer as well. Yeah. I, I don't know. You yeah. like the whole genre. It's, it's hard to say. It's apples yeah. and oranges sometimes. You, right. You, you Different know. eras. Yeah. When yeah. I get in a, in a group of that many singers, particularly the ones that did my special, I'm like, oh, my gosh. You know, I sit back and listen to Jamie Johnson sing Ring on Her Finger, Time on My Hands, and I was like, God, wow. he could have had that song instead yeah. of me. Yeah. Thank you, God. You know? So uh, in closing, because you're going to go into the studio and sing now, one more time, give the folks the details on this, uh, the vet thing coming up on Veterans Day. It's a beautiful thing you've done. Yeah, please go to adoptavet.com and find details on our show that will air Veterans Day in AMC theaters across America. Be a hero for your hero. Lee Greenwood is such a great American and a super guy. I've had you on the phone. Now that I've met you, I like you even more. Thank you. And uh, I will help you with whatever you do the rest of your life. And what a special treat. Coming up next, live from the studios here at Talk Radio 77 WABC Radio, my man Lee Greenwood will sing the USA song live right here on Sid and Friends. Great Americans. Keep it right here. And when we get back, it will feel so right To just lay back and linger in the morning light Then she'll smile at me, thinking where we've been Wanting me to take her again I'm gonna
is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. He slipped the ring off his finger. When he walked in the room, and he found him some stranger, promised her the moon. Oh, what a great song. The aforementioned Vince Gill, Pocket Full of Gold. It's been an amazing show so far today, from Frank Morano to Curtis Sleva. I had Tony Thomas Knipp on the show. His client, Daniel Penny, indicted yesterday. A disgrace. Donald Trump indictments, a disgrace. Daniel Penny indictment, a disgrace. Thank God for people like Lee Greenwood, Judge Napolitano, and uh, the aforementioned Lee and uh, coming up still this hour, 840, Judge Janine Pirro. She is always awesome. Ball of fire. And then live in studio, my guy, tremendous entertainer, smart, great cop, Bo Deedle. But as promised, after a great conversation with star Lee Greenwood, he is in the studio as we speak. We've got a gorgeous studio here at Talk Radio 77 WABC, which John and Margot and Chad all designed and put together. We have all kinds of shows in there and events and parties and meetings. And uh, standing with the American flag draped behind him, I can see him right now on video. About uh, 100 feet away is Lee Greenwood, and he's going to perform God Bless the USA. Lee, can you hear me, buddy? I got you. Got you on, uh, on my ears. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. You like that Vince Gill song we played coming back, yes? I love that. And as I said in the studio with you that Vince Gill sang a lot on my early records as well. He's a good friend and a great artist. He is uh, both of those things and uh super, super guy. And you're great, too. That was a really, really good conversation. But the people paid for this, and that is to hear Lee Greenwood sing this iconic, legendary patriotic song so the great american lee i think president trump i'm being honest sergio gore just texted me i think he's listening right now from bedminster new jersey i swear to you so being the great american you are lee greenwood take it away thank you very much well god bless you play my track and i want to wish uh, president trump a happy birthday that was yesterday i personally want to wish my wife a happy birthday her birthday's on june 13th and she's in england right now uh with my son parker Parker is uh, backpacking across England, and he's like, I just uh, saw where he was this morning. He's on the road. He does 18 miles today, uh, just before he goes on to University of Miami for a master's in music. So my, my, my son's out there golfing and Parker. Love you. If tomorrow all the things were gone, I'd work for all my life, and I had to start again. Just my children and my wife Thank my lucky stars To be living here today Cause the flag still stands for freedom And they can't take that away And I'm proud to be an American Where at least I know I'm free And I won't forget the men who died, who gave that right to me. And I gladly stand up next to you and 
defend her still today Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land God bless the USA From the lakes of Minnesota To the hills of Tennessee Across the plains of Texas From sea to shining sea From Detroit to Houston In New York to L.A. There's pride in every American heart And it's time we stand and say I'm proud to be an American Where at least I know I'm free And I won't forget the men who died Who gave that right to me And I gladly stand up next to you And defend her still today Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land God bless the U.S. And I won't forget the men who died, who gave that right to me. And I gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today. Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the I don't know about you folks, but I've got chills. Great country. Thank you, Lee Greenwood. I got chills. What an amazing performance, an amazing rendition. We've got a packed studio right now. John Katsimatidis, Margot Chad, George, American, the great American, Jen Kearns. Hey, Lee, what can I tell you, pal? I love you. That was a great rendition. Thank you for what you did this morning. Adopt a vet. We're going to check that out come Veterans Day. Happy anniversary on the 40-year anniversary of that great song. You, my friend, are a great American. Thanks so very much. God bless you all. God bless New York. All right. Lee Greenwood, folks. 77 WABC. This is Sit-In Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. A lay person like my client, like you, like me, can make observations of the characteristics of somebody who appears to be under the influence of drugs or intoxicated. My client, uh, you know, has been very adamant that this guy seemed like he was, you know, in a, in a high manic state. Were you disappointed in how the mayor went from really being sharp on this to one of them? Yeah, you know, I was. And look, and there's a lot, you know, a lot I like about Mayor Adams. I mean, look, Curtis was my guy. There's no question about that. I thought he would have been the, the best choice. But, you know, sometimes in a city like New York that's so heavily Democratic, you got to take, you know, the le- you know, the best bad decision you can get. Right. right. Um, and, and, you know, Adams, uh, compared to the Democratic field, was, you know, certainly the more moderate, the one that was more willing to take a, you know, somewhat of a reasonable law and order stance. So I was impressed with his early comments, particularly when he came back and shot down this ludicrous 15-minute timeline that was just, you know, just made up. Someone put it out there and the media ran with it. 
um, you know, and the equanimity in some of those early co- comments. But look, at the end of the day, these guys are elected elected officials, right? And, and they have a, they have a base, and that base needs to be satiated. So, you know, he's proven himself willing to go against the grain up to a point, right? But then know, he caves. Not, not 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 as far as, <laughs> as he probably should or should have in this case. You ask me if I love you, and I choke on my reply. I'd rather hurt you honestly than mislead you with a lie. And who am I to judge you and what you say or do? I'm only just beginning to see the real you. And sometimes when we talk, can't believe Lee Greenwood just mentioned this guy, Dan Hill. I can't believe I got his name, Dan Hill, sometimes when we touch. I actually like this guy. Thank you, Lee and Greenwood. That was a great rendition of uh, God Bless USA here live in studio. And that was my good friend Thomas Knipp on this show two days ago talking about his client, Daniel Penny. Now, Knipp was back on again with me an hour ago, literally at 730 this morning, and it was a great interview. If you missed it, go to WABCRadio.com. He's more honest with me than anybody else, anybody. So go back and listen to Knipp. By the way, talking about Mayor Adams, he said yesterday, I appreciate D.A. Bragg, that fat, stupid loser. I appreciate D.A. Bragg conducting a thorough investigation into the death of Jordan Neely. Thorough my ass. With that said, here she is, in my opinion, the best personality on Fox News. And, of course, here every Sunday, 11 a.m., my dear friend, Judge Janine Pirro. Good morning, Judge. How are you? Good. I'm good, Sid. How are you? I am. Uh, I'm calling you from Arizona. I'm coming back to New York. I was here for a day yesterday, but I must tell you two things. Uh, Tom Kniff uh, is a phenomenal attorney, uh, and he is a straight shooter. And I think that Danny Penny will be well served by Tom Kniff and Steve Razor, the two of them great lawyers. Number two. I think that the politicization of this case is consistent with everything that's happening in America today. You know, uh, Adams in the beginning seemed like, uh, hey, you know, it seemed like he recognized that, look, Danny Penny, not uh, not Danny Penny, Jordan Neely was actually on the New York City's uh, uh, 50, what, the 50 most in need of help who was homeless. So I think that he was probably trying to, uh, you know, cover himself, Mayor Adams, to make sure that he didn't have a problem for not taking care of him. But now that he got away with that, at this point, um, he's basically saying, oh, great, let's let the system work. Whatever happens to Danny Penny, to hell with him. I am outraged at the indictment. I am stunned. Uh, This is an example of what's going on in America with the lack of law enforcement with people having to fend for themselves. Now what we have is when the vacuum is filled by a former Marine like Danny Penny, who does have had a problem in his life, okay, and uh, they decide that they're going to make an example of him when every other thug running around New York City gets away with violent crime, isn't even held on bail, you know, this social justice nonsense. But, you know, you, if we can get a former Marine, a guy with absolutely no you know, criminal record, no, not a mark on his record, not a blemish, then we're going to go after him. And that's what they're doing. 
Yep. No, it's gross. Uh, by the way, I just heard moments ago from uh, your friend who I met through you, Sergio Gore. He's listening this morning. He's in uh, New Jersey. I know you guys had that book signing in Arizona just a couple of weeks ago, yep. so you're back in Arizona. Uh, but back you're in right. Arizona. Yeah, yep. you love it there. Forget about Boca. I'm going to Arizona. Uh, <laughs> but, but, <laughs> it's not as humid in Arizona. And I know. You, it's I know. Beautiful. I know. Uh, but you're right. I mean, what's going on with uh, Daniel Penny now and our mutual friend, President Trump. I mean, Dershowitz told me again. Again, yesterday, in the 60 years he's been practicing law, he's never seen a weaker indictment than the one that Alvin Bragg laid on Trump. Now, the second one, yes, certainly more serious, no doubt about it, because it's federal. And Merrick Garland wakes right. up every day trying to screw our friend. But you look at what they're doing to yep. President Trump, a former president and a Marine, a president and a Marine. If that isn't sad, Judge, I don't know what is. Yeah. You know, well said, Sid. The, the truth is that there are targets right now that the system is weaponized on the, on the federal and on the state level. But look, now we're in this situation with Danny Penny. Uh, hopefully that when it goes forward, they'll have a jury that can recognize the dangers of what's going on in the subway. Every day, we, we wait to see what other crimes committed on the subway. Sid, and I'm going to tell you, someone said to me that they were on a, that same subway and there was a uh, another car where a homeless person was going crazy and when they saw the NYPD they said gee we thought it was coming to our car because we were calling 911 and i'm like what the heck is going on in the subway system why don't you start protecting people you have a list of the 50 people who most need help in new york city who are homeless you had 44 chances to take care of this guy and he was arrested and now everybody wants to take it out on a former Marine. I mean, I've had it. Yeah, That's I've had why it I wrote too. Crimes yeah. Against America. This is a takedown of our system. It's a takedown of our institutions. It's a takedown of justice. And I still don't know, Sid, for the life of me, what the hell social justice means. Somebody's <laughs> got to define it for me. No, I don't know you either. Know? I don't know. I also don't know what sister, systemic racism is. I don't understand what that is either. And your yes, book. Systemic it, racism yeah. is like is an excuse. For anything you want to do, you get away with it because of systemic racism. It right. doesn't matter what it is. Well, it's an excuse. Uh, we're going to be honest, uh, honest conversation. It's, it's an excuse for black people. I mean, look, I read Heather McDonald's uh, story and, and uh, her book, and she talks about how 6% of uh, males in this country are black, and they commit 65% of the crime, and that's a very, very uncomfortable conversation. People don't want to talk about it, but this whole case between Penny and Neely has come down to black or white. Bottom line is, white guy killed a black guy. We don't care that he's a Marine. We don't care that Neely may have been smoking K2 and threatened to kill everybody on the train. We don't care. White guy killed a black guy. Screw the Marine. Well, not only that, there was another black guy on the car that was holding down Jordan Neely. Was he a racist? Right. Too? And by the way, the first lady that they interviewed on the train, her name is Ann, African-American yep. lady. She said, this guy saved my life, Daniel Penny. Yep. Yep. And you know what? The shame of it is that Daniel Penny has to go through this for another year or however long it's going to take. And he's going to be the poster child that they're going to take him right to trial on a manslaughter and try to incarcerate him. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable what's going on in the country. And what we've got to do is we've got to try to figure out how to bring it back. And you know what? i got to tell you, Sid, there are a few things that kind of give me hope. And when we see what happened to Anheuser-Busch, right? You see yep. what happened to Target. We're getting Americans who like have half a brain saying this is nonsense. You know, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna boycott that stuff. 
And I'm not into boycotting generally, but I got to tell you, Americans have to recognize what is going on. The country is changing. People are trying to take it down, and we've got everything in our power to take it back. We just have to do it because just because they have big mouths and they have access to the press and they have the bully pulpit doesn't mean that they speak for us. But I'll tell you what a problem is. The, the, the Democrats keep allowing all of the people to come in. And I talk about this in the book, a breach of sovereignty, right? Why are they doing it? They're doing it because the more illegals come in, the more people we have in the country. Because the census taker doesn't care if you're illegal or if you're not illegal, right? What that means is they're going to get more congressional seats based upon the numbers that have come in. We have, what, 5 million in the last two years. They figure 10 million in the next two. That's congressional seats because the people are in New York and they're in California and they're in Texas. This is a takedown of our republic. And that's why the book is so perfectly titled, Janine Pirro, You Must Buy It. My friend Rock tells me, Rocco, he's going to see you in Northvale, New Jersey next week. Crimes Against America, the left's takedown no, of Jersey our... i tonight. Oh, is that tonight, Northvale? Yeah. Oh, we'll be yeah. there tonight. Yeah, open greeting in New Jersey. That's yeah, a, a nice place. All right, perfect. Give me that. It is a very nice place. Very nice. Yeah. Yes. Well, you know, I do want to ask you one legal uh, question, though, because you were a judge. Now you're a TV star and all that, but you were a brilliant judge. Uh, every Thursday, I've got Judge Napolitano on the show. I like him. And uh, he said to me today, he said, listen, uh, I think Daniel Penny, like you do, Sid, is a hero. My heart goes out to Daniel. He goes, but to be honest, Knippers is in trouble here. I said, what do you mean? He said, uh, unlike Florida, I bought a Florida, you don't have your stand your ground rule here. So legally, what Knip was supposed to do is, if he felt like his life was in danger, he was supposed to leave the subway, don't get involved in a fight, and end up with a guy being dead. He said he was supposed to leave the subway. So the interview yeah, ended, no. and I got a text five minutes later from Thomas Knip, and he said, Sid, yeah. I'm listening, I love Judge Napolitano, but he's wrong. Who's right? He's totally wrong. He's totally wrong. Okay, Tom Kniff knows what the law is in New York. I know what the law is in New York. I don't know that, you know, Judge Napolitano ever did criminal cases, and I know he's from New Jersey. I know New York law. Tom Kniff knows New York law. This is whether or not he was protecting and reasonably protecting people that were in danger. So cut the crap, all right? Let's not try to make headlines. Let's defend someone. The law may not be perfect, but he was in his right to do what he did. All right, so legally there's not an issue. Then when you look at the rest of this case, and we're still waiting on those toxicology reports, which now they must, they must make available because of the yeah. grand jury. Do you see any way in all seriousness, Knip and Razor, who I met at your book signing, by the way, Steve, any way they can yeah. lose this? Well, yeah, of course. I mean, you know, you can have a jury that can make a decision based upon, you know, I think it's race. I think it's that. We don't quiz jurors. Look, when I tried murder cases or manslaughter cases, as you have here, or when I was a judge on these cases, you know, the jury makes a decision. You don't say, gee, why did you make that decision? They come out. Sometimes you have jury nullification. Sometimes you have juries that, you know, uh, uh, convict and some that acquit. Here's the bottom line. We have to accept whatever they do. And let's be clear on that. We're going to accept it. But that doesn't mean that we can't fight to make sure that the laws are, are, are followed and that the defenses are followed as well. There's such a thing as justification in New York. And Danny Penny had the right to 
protect himself and others as long as he was reasonable based on the circumstances. Now, if you're in a subway car that's moving, that's locked, and underground, and a guy says, I, wanna, I, I don't care if I die or I don't care if I go to prison for life, if you're a cop or you're in the military, you know this guy's homicidal or suicidal. So in addition to that, you know, you've got, you've got all of the other, the aura of what's going on, people calling 911, people scared to death, people not sure what this guy is going to do. He's threatening them. He's got all kinds of violent actions. And then now we know he's been arrested 44 times. And he's a schizophrenic in the middle of a psychotic right, episode. Right. Give me a yeah. break. And he punched what, an innocent what? lady across the face. I mean, he's done some very yeah. violent things. Now, I want to go back to Trump for a second. Then I'll let you run out there in Arizona, Judge yeah. Ian. You're just yeah, so I'm good. I can't airport. let you go. Uh, I'm at the airport. It's oh, you are? Okay. So, five. look, yeah. I, 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 I want Penny to be innocent. I want Trump to be innocent. I love them both. Really, Trump uh, even more, turning 77 yesterday. But, again, yeah. the Alvin Bragg indictment, while that's a joke, this one is not because, like it or not, it's federal, it's miracle. And supposedly they've got tapes. So when you talk about concealing and obstruction, this could turn out to be a little tougher on the president. Your thoughts? Yeah, well, I think certainly this is a more serious indictment. Uh, but I also think that the Presidential Records Act is a civil act and they're trying to criminalize it and weaponize it. Um, I think that what has happened with the president, unfortunately, is they'll take they'll take a yes and turn it into a no. They'll take a right and turn it into a wrong. Whatever he does, it's not really what what uh, uh, he's not given credit or it's not seen from the way he sees it. In the end, what you've got is you've got a federal government that is determined to put Donald Trump down. He'll have a trial in Miami. He's got a prosecutor there. This guy uh, Smith. The Supreme Court has rebuked Smith. Juries have rebuked Smith. This guy, Jack Smith, is known for political prosecutions. He tried John Edwards. John Edwards was acquitted. The Don Young case in Alaska, uh, McDonald's in Virginia, 8-0. Supreme Court came out and said, hey, Jack Smith, you know, this is not an indictment that should have even gone to trial. But what, what this guy is, is he is a political uh, uh, ideologue, Jack Smith. And uh, they're 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 going to throw the whole ball of wax at at the president. And he's got a he's got a hope at this point that they've got a jury that can see through it and that understands what is going on. Hillary Clinton, man, she could destroy thirty three thousand emails, obstruction of justice and destruction of evidence. She can do it. And, and Joe Biden can have it all over the place. He can have a classified documents that hell. He didn't have a right to them when he was a senator. Who did he think he was to take out classified documents? Right. That's a crime. But, hey, the Democrats get away with it, you know, with uh, Clinton and uh, Sandy Berger and his socks and all that nonsense. <laughs> but, Donald Trump, we're going to indict you. And hopefully the American people see it for what it is. I think they do. And if they don't, they need to buy this book today. Go out and buy Crimes Against America, the left's takedown of our republic. Go out there tonight yeah. in Northvale, New Jersey, and uh, give my friend Janine a rousing round of applause and buy her book. Janine, you're not good. You're great. Have a safe trip Bye. home. Okay? Love you. Thank I love you, you too. God Thank bless. you, Janine. I love God you, too. Bye. Thank you. God bless you. There she is, star on the five on Fox News. And of course, every Sunday morning, 11 a.m., right here. She awesome. My friend, Judge Janine Pirro. Three hours in the books. We start hour four with a dear, dear friend, the best. My guy, Bo Deedle, going to kick some ass. Coming up next. Please me battling with my pride. But through the insecurity, 
Some tenderness survives I'm just another writer Still trapped within my truth A hesitant prize fighter Still trapped within my youth And sometimes when we touch The honesty's too much And I have to close my eyes And hide Talk Radio 77 WABC This is Sit in Friends in the Morning 77 WABC. Fourth and final hour. I love this hour every Thursday because Bo Dietl, who calls in every Tuesday at 7.40, comes live in studio. By the way, Lee Greenwood, who was here last hour, performed his song live. You know he turned 80 years old this year? Now, I've seen two people perform this year in their 80s live. Stephen Van Zandt's Police Ball back in December. Gary U.S. Bonds performed. He's 84. Lee Greenwood, 80 years old and still has it. Now, two nights ago... Thanks to Pete Morgan, I took Gabriel to the Met-Yankee game, and uh, the Mets blew a 5-1 lead and lost. They did win last night behind Verlander. But um, what the Mets do every home game is they honor a veteran, and I feel badly. R.A. Dickey, the former Met pitcher, brought this guy out on the field, a former Marine. I forget his name. I apologize. But I did see it, and I clapped and all that stuff. So my man Bo Guido goes to the Met-Yankee game last night, and the guy they honored last night, according to Bo, is 100 years old. Old. That's unbelievable, Bo. I'm getting the chillitation. So we had a little rain delay. So we were in the back. All of a sudden, this guy comes over. I don't know if it's his grandson and what. He says, you know, my, my, my grandfather's in the back. He is, his name is George Kohler. So another vet, of course. I love vets. You know that. Yes. So I was there with my friend, the astronaut, Greg Olson and Tom Cantonese. So I walk over to him. Now I hear about who he is. He fought with George Patton, the 3rd Army Division of the 55th Anti-Aircraft Artillery Battalion, in the second wave of D-Day in Normandy, France. But it gets better. They go over the Rhine River, and he was involved with liberating the concentration camps. So I walk over to my, I just, I was so honored. I got a picture. You could go to my sites. He's all wow. over the place. And you want to know something? I just talked to Lee Greenwood in the back. I know Lee for a long, long time. And I want to dedicate this song to George Kohler, 100 years old, a real, true American hero. This is what I talk about, and this is what's really real. Not all this bull crap. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> and the picture of you and him is great. One more in the Met game, then we'll let you run uh, around yeah. about the rest of the stuff. 
Uh, you asked me if I ever saw Steve at the game last year. Bill O'Reilly got me into Steve yeah. Cohen's box, yeah. and me, Bill, and Steve watched the Met Cub game together. Never met him. Don't know him yeah. like you do. He could not have been nicer. For five innings, the guy was great to me. You're friendly with Steve, and you saw his wife last year. Yeah, right? Alex and uh, Steve and Alex and I have been been together a lot, and uh, I love Steve Cohen. I love Alex. What a great, great. Team and, and you want to know something? The Mets are going to come. Don't worry, the Mets are going to come. Oh, are you a Met fan? I'm a, I'm a New York fan. Okay, you know, I know your friend Olson, the astronaut, loves the Yankees. Yeah, I like the Yankees. I like. I'm not one of these jerks. They almost had fist fights there last stupid, night, right? stupid. cursing at each other. You don't know. You're going to save your fist fight for Joe Gorga. Yeah. Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. Listen to me. All he's got to do is one thing. I'm not angry at anybody, but he's got to realize one thing. When I tell you something, I met him in Avra. I told him and his wife Melissa. I did not do anything. So just stuff it down your throat. If you can't take it and you don't want to believe me, don't call me a liar, Joe. I don't care how you, how many times you do your curls. You know what? Curls in the gym don't make you have balls, Joe. I eat people up like you for a living, okay? So let's <laughs> let's leave it alone. Oh you go your way. Go just... to the gym. Do with biceps or triceps. <laughs> and you know what? And then look in the mirror and masturbate. Leave me alone. Oh my, you All just right. scared me and I'm your friend for Listen to me. And one yeah. more thing. He, he can't outwise guy me. That's all no, I know. No, 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 no. And I'm going to tell you something. Some of my dearest friends, I'm very proud. And I don't have to answer anybody. I sit with the best. And you know what? I love them like my family. Of course. And tough bananas, okay? I anybody agree. don't like it, kiss my butt. I'm with you on that now, 100%. listen to me. You've yes. got to listen to both. True, true crime podcast. I had the great commissioner on there, Bill Bratton. It's on. Everybody go to Bo Needle's True Crime. Now, when uh, was this? I just taped it on Wednesday. It should be up now. So this was after Sewell quit. You talked about that. Well, I talked more about the situation. And you want to know something. He's a great commissioner. He did a great job. He took crime down 50%. But he talks about the environment now with all these scumbags up in Albany, that little <laughs> uh, that little punk there, hissy and that scarf lady, <laughs> and what they're doing in Snaggletooth, and what they're doing to our cops on the street, taking their heart and souls out of them. It's a great podcast. And he, he said across this country, ever since that phony... George Floyd, that phony punk criminal convicted felon, that punk high on fentanyl. <laughs> now we have statues, we have parades, we have concerts. Gross. How about the poor people that are being gunned down by other blacks in our community? Well, you need to talk we to your friend. About. Well, that's because you don't talk to your friend. And I say your friend because I think you really are friends with them. The biggest scumbag of all, Al Sharpton. Oh, yeah. You know what? He's so, he's so fragile, I can't even slap him. But let's go right into <laughs> Daniel Perry. You know what? Because I, I love I love my friend Curtis Lewa, and you know what? We have some talk. I want him to become my special prosecutor. We're going to start investigating things, and I got my, I'm going to announce him as the special prosecutor, Curtis Lewa, when we go after like people. Because him and his lovely wife, they gave me good evidence, good evidence. Now, let's go right to Daniel Perry. You know Penny, what? Penny, Penny. Penny. Yeah, you said Perry. Penny. Yeah. Penny. Yeah. Penny, Penny. like a penny. But you said Perry twice. All right, Penny. I'm sorry. <laughs> Kill me, all right? What are you getting like Joe Gorka? Listen to me. All I know is one thing. I want you to talk to me. I've walked a walk. I've locked up 1,500 felons. I used that headlock chokehold. Hundreds of times, nobody died. Hold on. What, but, but did you hear me bring it up twice? To yeah, connect? but I don't understand one thing. You had the lawyer on there, Kanasta, whatever the hell his name is. Why did they put this kid in the grand jury? They never put him in the grand jury. I am against putting people in the grand jury. But this had all the earmarks. This kid did nothing wrong. Self-defense. 
Every aspect. This guy well, should are, have been are, put. Are you, are you asking uh, did, why why uh, he didn't testify? Yeah, but you got to understand something. You were yeah. talking to him. You got to understand yeah. what I'm saying. He's been indicted by the grand jury. Right. There would have been an opportunity for him to testify. They didn't. My point didn't. is, no. after that, for the trial, he will testify. Yes. And I hope he brings me in as an expert. I told him to. I said, bring in Bo Deedle. No. Bo Deedle. And I said, forget about Joe Cold. He's put people in headlocks. Three uh, minutes, four uh, minutes. Nobody dies. Listen. Nobody he, dies. Grand juries can be manipulated unbelievable. I'll never forget when I was in Brooklyn, when I was in the homicide team there. We had a guy that came up with South America. He looked like a bull. He was a Colombian hit guy. He shot a 12-year-old girl in the head at an after-hour club. As the blood was squirting out of her head, he made everybody have a drink. So now we knew where he was. Oh, see, he also killed another guy. Two dead. So now I tell my guys, I'll take the basement. I used to carry a sawed-off shotgun in a paper bag with my suit. So I said, I'll take the basement myself. All of a sudden, I hear on the second floor all kinds of confusion, fighting and everything. He put two detectives in the hospital. I finally said, let go of his arm. Let go of his arm. I broke his collarbone. I had the shotgun. I beat the living crap out of him until I could get him handcuffed. And I'm going to tell you something. Now, I go to the DA. Elizabeth Hulsman was the DA then. She had one of the bureau chiefs there, and they were questioning me. What happened? You hit him with a with a with a double barrel shotgun. I said I didn't shoot him. He just killed two people. Put two detectives in the hospital. Yes, I hit him until I could get him handcuffed. Necessary force. Well, you broke his collarbone. Yes, I did. Now I said, well, why don't you? They were trying to indict me. I said, put me in the grand jury, and I'll let them know. You got this whole thing wrong. I'm the detective. I lock up the murders. He's the murderer. They didn't put me in the grand jury because no, no. I got to tell you something right now. I would have opened that grand jury and I would have made a statement. Listen, people, you're all sitting there. He shot a 12-year-old girl in the head and made you have him drinks when her blood was spurting out. He killed another guy. He put two detectives in the hospital. Now you want to charge me? I'll charge each and every one of you. These are real stories. Now, this is no baloney, but the grand jury is very important if you have people with a brain. How about the grand jury? How about the people who are trying? The guy I locked up for killing 10 people, including eight children, shot in the head, 10 dead. That jury came back with manslaughter because he was high on cocaine. Again, we're talking about the justice system. Right now, this Daniel Penny Penny should never, ever ever been indicted. Agreed. And that fat pig there, what's his name? Alvin Bragg. Alvin Bragg. Yes. He did a thorough investigation. <gasps> oh, your friend uh, Mayor Adams said uh, that. By the way, the whole time you talked about all this, did you notice that my mouth was wide open? Uh, These stories that you tell, this is why you really do have to listen, I'll say it, not bowl. To his podcast, the True Crime Podcast, because he tells these stories all the time. My mouth was wide open. That's how fascinating, interesting you're. Such a courageous guy. No, but but you're right about all this. And and Adams, who initially said, "Hey, let's see the back slow down." Now he's starting to sound like Kathy Hochul and the rest of them. I, I know. Sorry. I know. And you know what Kathy Hochul should be worrying about, Snaggle Dude. Nine billion dollars in the hole now, there, Snaggle Dude. Maybe we could get some more money for your <laughs> husband's. What has he got? He's the got football a football team, the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, concession. but he has the concessions. He has the concessions. Yes. You know what? And and Letitia James is just sitting there. You know what, Letitia? What happened to Big Bird and his wife with the billion and a half? Maybe we can recoup that. Because that money's got to be some somewhere. Father. I may put yeah. I may put Curtis Sleewa, <laughs> my special prosecutor, yeah. on, on Big Bird, on Big Bird and his wife, and we'll try to. 
Find shot the money. There. By the way, if they had that money, maybe Jordan Neely would have been in a crazy hospital, which Andrew Cuomo shut them all down, by the way, yeah. instead of walking the streets. He'd uh, be alive and, today. And Eddie Coban, the attempt, I hope he's the permanent police. Oh, student. you like him? You met him at my Christmas party, Eddie Coban. Over there when we were at, uh, over there. Uh, oh, that I was Eddie. Did. That was Eddie. I yeah, did beat him. Guy. I like Eddie. And I like Mr. him. Mr. Mayor, please keep Eddie. We need a guy like Eddie in there. Please. He's a New York Cop from the beginning. Yeah, he's he's good. a good guy. That is my choice for the police commissioner. Well, I'm surprised he said that because your dear friend Bernard Kerrick came on after you on Tuesday yeah. and he said, How about Joe Esposito? Well, look it. I talk to Joe almost all the time. He loves Joe like a brother. Joe is going through. We have to pray for my friend Joe. God bless Joe. If I knew that he. Is okay, but right now he's dealing with with chemo and radiation yes, and everything. Yes. Look, I don't even want to stress my friend Joe. Joe would be the greatest, absolutely. Bernie's right, but I want to put somebody in there now who is healthy yes, because yes. right now we pray for Joe. He's agree. going to be fine because he's one tough. Joe is one tough <laughs> uh, chief. No, one chief tough, of the I've department. heard that before. I've heard one tough cop yeah, somewhere. Yeah, yeah, Hold on. Now we got to get into this other stuff. I come here every week. I come here with these transformers, translucents, all this crap. You can see how good that beer company did. $20 billion market cap. Now, I did my little research because I'm a detective. There was a class review from the National Health Service of England. Now we're talking about these things, whatever you want to call them, translucents. Guess this. Listen to this. The NHS will only commission puberty-suppressing hormones as clinical research. This approach follows advice from Dr. Hillary Class. Independent review highlights the significant uncertainties surrounding the use of hormone treatments on transgenders. That means they don't know what the hell is going on. Maybe that's the reason. And then a doctor talked to me. I talked to a doctor. And they said, do you know, Bo, all these people that are turning into these transformers, transgenders, 40% of them talk about committing suicide. And many do it. 50% commit suicide or think about it. Let's start realizing. Point zero three percent and they're controlling our military our corporate hey corporations hey you know, wait 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 i got something here you know i bring all my stuff here <laughs> jp morgan yeah two hundred and ninety million dollars you settled the claim against that other child molested piece of garbage what's his name the guy with the island uh that would be uh, jeffrey epstein jeffrey epstein he's dead but yes okay Two hundred ninety mil- million. They had all these bankers going to that island with these little underage girls. Yeah. And why did you have to pay two hundred million, two hundred ninety million dollars? Your friend, your friend Bill Clinton was there. Yeah, and then too, and yeah. then here, here's the best. Yeah. George Soros now has he's leaving. Look, he looks like he's dead anyway. He's leaving. He gave all if his money to his if kid. If he died today, I'd go home and master. Of course. Okay. Now but he gave all the money to his kid, who's even worse than he. Yeah, is. his kid now is taking over. Yes. His name is. Alex, he looks like Fredo to this punk, but he's mostly worse than him. Yes. Now you got the apocalypse coming to New York. The apocalypse. You know what the apocalypse is? What is that? Oh, my real estate billionaire friends. Hey, 
Little boys, little boys, you can't sell nothing now. Little boys, it's going to go down 40%. 40% the market under commercial real estate in New York. You can talk to all your friends you want. You know what they're doing? They're masturbating. That's what they're doing. Right. Because well, you're, you're it's calling, coming Corey, down. Are you calling Corey Zell Nicolai? How? Okay. Who did Bo golf with last Friday? Last Friday you got with, um, if I had to take one guess, uh, Lee Iacocca. Nope. <laughs> president no of BlackRock. Rob Capito. Oh, that's a big that's guy. That's a nine, eight, nine trillion dollar conglomerate. That's a big boy. And he told me some things. And I'm going to tell you something, real estate guys. You got a little trouble coming. You can't sell nothing. Finzies, you know what? Look at when you have a REIT that goes from $160 a share down to $30. Oh. That's a big market cap. Oh. Right now, you know what they all want to do? They want to take these commercial buildings and make them cucaracha houses. I know. They want to build bedrooms in there because that's the only thing that sells. And the reality is he talked to me a little bit about technology. You know, we all talk about technology. He says that technology will be the downfall of America because there's no fences around it. There's no safeguards. It's similar to you mean like artificial intelligence. No, I'm talking about technology, speed, speed things and all that with technology. Okay. I'm not talking about directly AI. Okay. I'm talking about technology. When they, when they did the Internet, they never built it with security in mind. Right. That's why there's so many holes in it. Technology the same way. What they do is right now they could put an allegation about a bank not being solvent. And by the time they can get the short up or borrow money or fix it, it's too late. Then all of a sudden the bank goes into the toilet bowl and run on the bank. Not just, he told me, not just banks. This is going to happen with corporations, with this technology. There's no boundary. There's nothing there to control it. AI is a whole nother different thing. Now you can talk to Mr. Chat. What's the other thing called that? Uh, oh, the uh, chat bar. Bravo or yeah, not yeah, Bravo, yeah. whatever the hell that crap is. <laughs> yeah. Now all of a sudden, you can do your turn pay. I may go for a friggin' doctorate. <laughs> I don't have to do nothing. I'll talk to Mr. Chat or Mrs. Chat. And I'll get my term paper. What's yeah. that thing called when you do a paper? Uh, it's called a thesis. Yeah, thesis. Uh, yes. All I know is I ain't got no thesis. You know what I got? What do you got? I got a doctorate of the streets. Yes, I walked the walk. You got a I ran a business. Balls. I've been running a business for 39 years. I know the ups and downs. I employ my Afri- more African-Americans I employ than probably any other corporation. 98% of them. So in reality... When I was a cop and a detective, when I worked, said I worked in minority communities. So when it comes to knowing what this city's all about, I walked the walk. How about getting stabbed through my hand with a guy escaping from Attica on 8th Avenue, 48th Street? And all of a sudden, you know what I did? I got him down in a headlock. Yes, a headlock. My lieutenant yelled, shoot him. I didn't shoot him. I had the headlock on him. And you know what? He passed out. But then he awoke. And I didn't kill him, okay? So let's call a call a call. I walked the walk, and I'm telling you right now, this is so hurting me. I don't even care about your friend Trump being indicted. I don't care if he did something. This kid didn't do nothing. He was trying to protect people because this scumbag said, I don't care what you do. I'm going to kill somebody. I don't care. And you know what he was afraid of? He was afraid for those people. And the witness is there. How dare you, Bragg? How dare you, you fat pig? You indict this man. Why didn't you put some other witnesses in there and let him have an opportunity to have some kind of defense, which you could do in a grand jury, if you didn't want to indict him? But all in your mind was one thing, to indict this kid. This kid is an American hero, and I love this kid, Daniel. Thank you.
WABC. This is Sit and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Justin, my boy Jellic, well, again, has turned to a great producer. Great. I got these uh, nice pictures of me and Lee Greenwood and me, Lee Greenwood, and uh, Margo. I'm going to post one of these pictures, you know. But I want to post on Instagram, so I need Lee Greenwood's Instagram name. I go to uh, Justin, can you find out if Lee's 80 years old? He's on Instagram, Shisha. Comes back, he goes, uh, I found it. I go, great. He goes, he's at the Lee Greenwood. The Lee Greenwood. I go, okay. This is, you got to go through yeah. this whole thing. At T-H-E-E. No, no. I said the Lee Greenwood. Right. Okay. At T-H-E-E. He's like, no. T-H-E. I go, moron. You stupid idiot. The is T-H-E. The is T-H-E-E. Yeah, some man you are uh, talking but how crap not... while I'm in the other room. I'll tell you right to your face. You're a moron. What college did you go to? You don't want to have me try to explain that to you. You know where I went to college, and you're just going to make fun of the name. Anus College or something? See? There you go. It's called Ursinus. Anus. Yeah. For asses. Oh, oh, yeah. Some, Who some... graduates from Ursinus? <laughs> Cokeheads and anuses. Some, gr- asses. some grown man you are. No. Making fun of me. Well, how could you not know that? Um... That's how I say the. I say the. No, I Sometimes. Okay, that's fine. But then when it comes to spelling it, you do realize that the and the aren't spelled the same. I never spelled the with two E's. Why Correct. You do do, you're making my... <laughs> okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. Frank O'Hara checks in. <laughs> he says, uh, Sid, today could be the best show ever. God bless you. Frank O'Hara. He's the guy that got us Nancy Mace. And uh, he's a great American. Clearly. And uh, Tom Kniff. Well, I did mention him earlier. And uh, I don't know if he was the guy who got us a Tim Scott stuff. I don't remember. When is Tim Scott coming on? Uh, sometime in July, hopefully. What, what is he waiting for? 
sometime well, in July. Yeah, like, he's got like a 2% chance of winning. I don't know what he's waiting for. but he's I, I, You know, I get so aggravated. I don't know what's dumber, what Greg Kelly said this morning, he'll get better ratings than me. I mean, do you realize if you add Greg Kelly, if you triple Greg Kelly's ratings, triple them, triple, he barely beats me. And he's on at 1 o'clock in the afternoon against zero competition. And he does the same boring show day in and day out. Donald Trump is great. Eric Adams sucks. And when I try to explain to him why his ratings suck, and they do suck, and how he can be better, instead of making fun of Danielle waiting on hold, instead of listening to me, this uh, obnoxious uh, cockhead goes on and, uh, and, and tells me how to do radio. He's not, I've been doing this for 25 years in 70 markets, there's not a, a TV show on Newsmax. He has no idea how to do radio. No Stupid. idea. Yeah. So instead of listening to me and trying to improve his lousy 2.6 ratings, he tells Chad, oh, you know, Sid uh, keeps going after me. And, uh, you know, we may, we may be better off with me doing the morning show because no, he Sid, didn't say that. I swear to God. He didn't say that. Lewis, he actually said he was. He says, he goes, Sid is out of touch with Trump. By the way, I love Trump, uh, Stupid. Maybe you should listen. Trump was on this show two weeks ago. <laughs> Trump was on this show, called me number one Sid. He goes, he's out of touch with Trump and Adams. And Adams, if you listen every day, I'm very critical of Mayor Eric Adams. I put him on. He's the mayor of New York City. I don't just badmouth him and don't bring him, put him on. That's what a pussy does. Not good. Yeah. You tell me how to do it. I triple your ratings at the most competitive part of the day. You think they're ever going to consider putting you on this show, you and, dumb bastard? And he spells the with two e. Yeah, you mean the, the Greg Kelly. Yeah, the, the Greg the, Kelly. Yeah, the. the. So, yeah, and I the. listen. I like him. He's fine. I love his father. Ray may be the best police commissioner ever, but to actually, and he's serious. Maybe we should really consider putting me. Uh, <laughs> Did he actually say that? I on my mother, on my son. He said you should consider putting me yeah. in the morning. Oh yeah, yeah. Because well, Sid doesn't get now again. I get sevens. I'm number 17. Greg Kelly didn't even make the list well, of every 100. He's on at 1 o'clock. You know who's up against him? Not even Brandon and, and Tiki. Yeah. I can't name one person on when Greg Kelly is on. He's not even on the list. Well, you don't I'm even... beating Howard Stern, you moron. You don't have to worry because he would show up at 720 anyway right. for the morning yeah. show. And it'd be, and it'd be an easy switch for me. I'd produce the show anyway. He walks in at one, <laughs> walks in at 110 for a 1 o'clock show. Yeah. Everybody here thinks he's a dick. Everybody. He's on hold and he, and he's, and he's, he comments about Danielle. And I mean, Noam said the same thing. Noam goes, I gotta tell you, last time he was on, the way he started, the whole Danielle thing, it was really obnoxious. So you think you're gonna say that? I'm not gonna punch you across the face, figuratively and literally? But just take it and shut up. I'm a legend. I'm a freaking superstar. You're a nobody. A nobody. These are stupid people. You're gonna get my ratings. I'll crush Sid's ratings. You can't get ratings at one o'clock. Oh my god. They're trying to hand it to you, you dumb bastard. God. Oh my god. One o'clock, you can't get a three. You can't get a three. That's a freaking embarrassment. Well, that's because he misses the first ten minutes. Yeah, yeah that would. Uh, you're right. Maybe you get a three then. A three. I'm getting sevens. All right. The vein on your forehead just. Uh... You've written books about me. You got guys across the country. They're begging me to come on their their, their TV shows. Are you nuts, Greg Kelly? Are you nuts? Are you crazy? Jesus. They would even. They will. Don't, because if your throat goes again, yeah. I'm. Yeah, right. We're, we're out of remedies. Yeah, you've already blown, you're already blown a, cas a gasket. I thought I was relatively calm there, no? Yeah, no, 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 totally, yeah. 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 Talk Radio 77 WABC. Oh!
Monday. Now, it's time for Sid's Take. Sid's Take! Sid's Take, yeah! Good luck. It's Sid's Take. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. All right. Justin Ellick here, 945 on your Thursday morning, your Thursday edition, three for Thursday edition of the Peerless Spoilers. Sid's Take Trivia Game. It is sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. you got to go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They are the world's best built boilers. We're trying to get a contestant on the line here for today's game it is three for thursday i gotta give the contestant uh three clues and then they'll give me the word that is uh going to uh conclude those three clues i guess you could say right that's the best way i could i could kind of try and explain the premise of the game thank you for doing that lewis i don't uh, i just don't want to get involved in this because i you got in trouble for the already so i don't want to cause more trouble like you did explain it correct it i know like. who's our contestant today it is colleen from new jersey hi colleen are you there yes i am did you call uh because you wanted to play the game because we were frantically trying to get a contestant <laughs> on the line <laughs> there oh because i wanted to play the game i i listened yesterday and i like kind of knew a lot of the answers, so I was like, oh, I'll give it a try today. Oh, well, luckily for you, the game yesterday will have nothing to do with the game uh, today. Uh, I'm sure. I'm so. sure. But, I'll uh, give it a try. But listen, you use your wits. I, I can tell you've got some wits about you. So uh, we'll, you'll give it the best shot. I don't know if you heard my description of today's game, but I'll give you three words. You're going to have to give me the word that uh, concludes or that can be paired with all three of those words, Okay. Wait, give, can you give me an example? Uh, sure, I can give you an example. What's a good example, maybe? Um, stupid, dumb, uh, idiots. Hmm. Justin and Lou. There you go. That's it. That'll work. So then I, you would give me three samples three. like that, and then I would have to. And, and then there's, a... yes, so I'll give you three, three words, and then there's one word that can be paired with all three of the clues that I give you, okay? Okay. All right. Here, let's try number one, and then you'll and then you'll get the hang of it after that. Okay. Good. All right. Here we go. <laughs> number one. Your three words: hot, apple, and barbecue. Hot apple and barbecue. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh my gosh! Hot apple and barbecue. Go ahead, give me your best. Huh? There's one um, word that goes with all yeah. those. There's one word. Right. God, I'm I'm stumped. Huh? Uh, huh? But now you're going to get it after I tell you. So the, the the word that goes with those three is sauce. You have hot sauce, applesauce, barbecue sauce. Got it. Now you got it. Okay. Over yeah. one, on to number two. Okay. Day, day, health, and skin. Day? No, day. <laughs> Wait, say that again? Day, like as in day, the day, today. Okay, okay. Health. And, yes, and then skin is your final clue. Um, oh, my gosh. Um, mm-hmm. uh, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Health and screen. Uh, day. Dream. Mm. <laughs> care. Day care, health care, skin care. 
Oh my God! I should know that I work at a preschool. Oh, no, Colleen, oh, you didn't have to. You didn't have to oh. disclose that information, Colleen. Oh. <laughs> on the oh. number. Sorry. That's okay. Oh. You don't have to apologize. Oh. On to number three. Oh, for two. Okay. S- uh, your three words: stick, night, and make. Stick, night, and make. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Um, stick, night, and make. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Correct word there, shift. Stick shift, night shift, make shift. Um, not doing well at this. You're okay. You still got two more, Colleen. <laughs> okay. All right. Let it rip. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm letting it rip. Don't believe me. <laughs> number four. If you knew Justin, you know it. He <laughs> yeah. does, that's what he does. <laughs> On to number four. Here we go. Three clues. Heavy. Guard and active. Duty. There you go. Oh! Wow. One for four, Colin. Good job. Okay. On number five, and in an attempt to go two for five, which honestly is not a bad showing. This is a tough game to This is really, this is a tough game. Your three game clues. Foul, Tad, and North. Okay, wait, what was the first, first word? Foul. As in that's play? a as in that's a foul ball. Foul play. No. Uh. <laughs> pole. Foul pole. Tadpole. North pole. How'd you feel about that game, oh, Kelly? God. I know. I know it was a tough one. I feel bad. I feel like I. I feel like I let you down with uh, my my question. Yeah. No. It's- it was much easier for me yesterday. I don't know what happened today. Well, today it was a different theme. It's a different theme because yeah. now we're now we're trying the alliterations, right? So it's it's Wednesday or it's Thursday. So it's three for Thursday. Yesterday was which came first, Wednesday? Which, to be honest oh, with okay. you, is, maybe uh, it was two for Tuesday. I think was when I listened to it. Were you so you were playing along with the musical uh, trivia then as well? Yes, and I did very well at all that. Right. So that <laughs> that would be two for Tuesday. Monday we usually do movie Monday. But yeah, Thursday okay. Thursday is three for Thursday. We used to just do three uh, three things that had one common uh, bond, but uh, okay. I, I decided to make the game uh, a little bit tougher. But you did good, two for five, and we appreciate you playing along. Is the big guy on his yeah. way? He, supposedly he was talking down there. Now he's oh really good. Like we have all the time in the world. Here we go. Yeah. Thanks, Colleen. We'll keep you out on hold, and uh, Sydney will give his. I was actually effort talking here. in the sales meeting. Chad called me up there. Yeah, and it was fun. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, a lot of young kids. I feel, yeah, I feel really great about the time they do know. these sales meetings. That's fine. That makes ahead. a lot of sense. Okay, here we go. Three for Thursday. Oh no, I can't read this because Chad said I have to be nicer at the meeting to the rest of the talent. Said Frank from Grimaldi, you're right on the money of the Craig Kelly. He's a, he's so lucky. His father was born before him. Lucky Sperm Club. I shouldn't have read that, but I just did, so suspend me. They're not related anyway. It doesn't matter. (laughs) They're not? No. They can't be, right? There's no way. they be? Right. You know one, you know the other. Let's go. (laughs) Conclusion? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lewis, I love Lou. Okay. Three for Thursday. You ready? Yeah. Same theme as last week. I'll give you three words. you got to tell me how they finish off. Number one, hot apple barbecue. Hot apple barbecue. Barbecue. Damn it! Is this an easy one? It's about the one, probably the easiest one on the. <laughs> oh, on the really? Is that going to help you get it? Hot <laughs> apple. Red, 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 red hot red apple barbecues. Oh, red. Oh, 
No. 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 Keep going. Hot sauce, applesauce, barbecue sauce. Sauce. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. You should have said, who's the defensive back for the Jets? Oh, that would have been good. That would have been better. Gardner. Right. Gardner. Yeah, you put right. Gardner I would have gotten that instead of. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right, fine. Go ahead. Damn frohawk going on over here. Man. Number two, day, health, skin. Kim. There you go. Number two. Who did I play today? Some lady? Colleen, yeah. How did we, she it was actually, we get to the game and we didn't have a contestant. Oh. Was, <laughs> what, I was sidetracked. So what, Lou how did she get a contestant right? live what, on the What'd she do? She went one for five. One, okay. one I think. Yeah. Number three. She was very nice. She was very nice. Very yes. very good sport about it. Yeah. I like Colleen a lot. Yep. Thanks, Colleen. Colleen. There's a lady that follows me on, on uh, social media. Her name is Colleen Bradshaw. Maybe it's her. Oh, I think that's her. Is that right? Yes. Oh, she's a I, sweetheart. Because I see her name. Yeah, I like the, her a lot. Yes. Yeah. I like her a lot. Hi, Colleen. Number three. Colleen. All right, number three. Stick, night, make. Were you sl- what was the last thing? <laughs> <laughs> Stick, night, make. Stick, <laughs> night, and make. Stick, night, <laughs> and make. Yes. One of, one of these is one of your favorite movies. Mm. Shift. Spectacular. Night Shift. Oh, I love that movie. Lewis. A young Michael wasn't, Keaton. He wasn't going to get it. Nah, I wasn't going to get it. Come on. Shelley <laughs> Long is in a bathtub with Henry Winkler. For years, I loved that scene. A half-naked Shelley Long in a bathtub with Henry Winkler. Oh, my God. Mm. And you liked the Henry Winkler part. Not yes, I did. Yes, yes, okay. yes. I'm yes, very sorry. gay. Yeah. Well, I, I took the money and I bought something. Can I show you? <laughs> Number four. Heavy, guard, and active. Heavy, guard, and active. Mm. Heavy, guard, mm-hmm. and active. Nailed it. You got it. I mean, I just have no idea. Wow. Heavy. I love this game. It's a great game. Okay. I'm terrible at it. You're absolutely abysmal. Okay, yeah, I, got I got two right. Give me a hit now. I won't, I won't count it, but. Uh, it's, right. I guess it's... Uh, it's I don't know what to do. It's, uh, it, it's, just give me the answer. It sounds exactly like, I don't uh, know, give what, me what you answer. would do on the toilet. Yeah. Duty? That's yes. right. Oh, heavy Good. duty. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that's heavy, baby. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. And number, number five. five. Foul, tad, and north. What's the second one? Pole. 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 I got three right. Not so terrible. Yeah. I mean, Lou gave me the night shift one, but... Right. Colleen Bradshaw, I love you, baby. We'll come back and close up shop right after this. It's Sid's Take, sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning, 77 WABC. show guys that's a heck of a show i mean all honesty no bill o'reilly today he's on vacation he's back next week but man 
Joe Janine filled in and did a terrific job. Lee Greenwood, Bo Dietl, Curtis Sliwa, Frank Morano, Thomas Kniff, George Napolitano. Yeah, you'll come here and get my ratings. <laughs> Lewis, you were brilliant today. I love you. Congratulations on being number 17, Louis. It's a big deal. I always wanted to be big at 17. He's not, not a loss for work. I know it is. All choked up. Imus wasn't even 17. He was like 23. Truth be told, for about 20 years, Imus was number one. Hey, uh, Justin, great job today. Noam Layton is always great job. We're going to do this again tomorrow, folks. We're going to have fun. We're going to inform, thought-provoke, piss you off, make you happy, make you cry, make you mad, make you sexy, all that. So until tomorrow, the Friday edition at 6 a.m. From the whole crew at Sitting Friends in the Morning to all of you, peace!